What is up, wrestling fans? It's that time for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607 T. WS and as always we are the only pro wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle this week we are coming to you from the 8122 production studios at Dragon Master Games I am your host here on 607 TWS but I'm also the host of the 3FN podcast my name is Rich and joining me as he does in the co-pilot share each and every week is the co-host here on 607TWS, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? We shall talk some pro wrestling. We shall talk a lot of pro wrestling. Yes. That's a big show. We're back to three segments this week. Yes. Back to three segments in the first time in a couple weeks. Well, got, yeah, there's a lot to break down in the world. There's a lot. Of course, in the main event of the show, we will be previewing Survivor Series. WWE Survivor Series. War Games. And, of course, in the mid-card, we'll be giving you that indie roundup brought to you by Fight Plus. But most importantly, we're going to kick off this show by reviewing the show that went down this past Saturday night. And that, of course, was AEW's Full Gear Pay-Per-View. But before we jump into all that and more, we got to get some business out of the way. So, Ken M, tell the fine folks out there how to find yourself and the ODPH podcast. It's very simple. You swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. You join in the conversation on the social media links. They're all right there on the front page. Can't make it any easier. Check out the Patreon. Check out the T Public Store. Parlay Points blog section. The directory where you can find such great podcasts as 3FN Podcast right there. The classifieds are all there, too. Like, there is so much going on there. It's simply found at odphpodcast.com. And, of course, for everything 3FN Podcast, visit us online, 3FNpodcast.com. All the social media links are there. Our Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast, is also there for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content. Also, we are running a special from now, because we'll call it the Black Friday deal, if you will, from now until the 1st of December. We, If you join the Patreon at any level, it'll make sure it enters you in for our uh, holiday giveaway because uh, we are going to be uh, giving out uh, doing holiday cards for all of our patrons which we uh, do mm-hmm. every year and uh, we're going to be giving away two gift cards one to the minnow level tier and one to everybody so if you're a minnow level tier you have two opportunities to win if you are not a minnow level tier so you're just a one dollar tier because there's only two one dollar and three dollars if you're a one dollar tier you just get one opportunity to win also on top of that not only do you get the holiday card but all the middle level tier people are getting Powerball cards, too. Let's go. That's right. So maybe you'll win. Maybe you can win, and then you can hopefully don't forget about your boys. Also, the T Public link is there. Friends of the show, like the ODPH podcast, is there. The 607 TWS section is there. So isn't the 3FN podcast section. And, of course, the musical directory that features the great bands who provide us with their music, including the band that you hear each and every week. Do the theme song right here on 607 TWS. Our good friends at Floodlands. Songs called Ruins. Make sure you're checking them out on Spotify. 
Bandcamp, and YouTube Music. And last, but certainly not least, is the local sponsors who help bring you all of our podcasts absolutely commercial-free, and because of which we will give the shout-out to the main sponsor of 607TWS, and that is Dragon Master Games. For all of your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. If you're in the 607 or passing through the 607, hit them up and like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games, to find out about events going on at the shop. Thank you so much for allowing 607TWS to be commercial free. See, I'm amped up. I'm pumped up. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to cut a 1980s wrestling promo, brother. Let's go. And speaking of promos, the end of the show. The end of the show. We got asked. One of our big fans, JVD, and other people have reached out. Mm-hmm. They were wondering about the cryptic stuff. They were wondering about me saying cryptic stuff last week in the open and during the show. They were wondering about cryptic stuff that Ken M put up on the social medias. Guess what? At the, at the end of the show, after we are done giving the Survivor Series preview, we will address that head-on, nothing cryptic, all out in front. And uh, young Padawan Jay is hoping that I let the world burn. So we'll find out exactly how far I go. But I'll be doing a lot of the talking, although Ken M, if he gets angry or if he wants to throw some in there, he'll, he'll do it so as well. But he's the businessman, and I'm the one that does the, the, the stuff that's not so business-like sometimes. Yeah, we always say the, the best analogy is Animal House. That's right. Yeah, go ahead and break it down for them. Because if you've ever seen the great comedy classic Animal House, we, the OD page is more like the Eric Stratton, damn glad to meet you. The, the very nice professional people. And yet we are still the fraternity brothers with the uh, Bluto's D-Days and the ones that will actually go burn your house down and uh, make sure their presence is known if you decide to cross us. And drink all your beers and everything else. You want to know the, the weird part, though, is that the ODPH introduced us to one of the people that hang out with them, and that's the dog. But the dog fits in very muchly well with the 3FN gang. Dog fits in with everybody. It's true, but he is a, a card-carrying member of the second phone crew. Mm-hmm. Those shirts are going to be coming soon. Yes. <laughs> we're going to get shirts for that. You guys are going to appreciate that. Well, that's enough about that. I got it out of the way. You know that you're going to get your promo at the end of the show. Yeah, we teased it on the ODPH uh, episode that just came out as we were recording. Yeah, there you go. And it was, uh, sorry, so I, I'm going to do this live on air. This is unprofessional, maybe. Was that the entertainment edition or the sports edition? Sports edition. Uh, did sports first? Okay, cool. I just want to make sure what I'm listening to tomorrow morning when I clock into work miserable as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of my job, per se. It's right. mostly because I'll be up editing two podcasts tonight. I usually don't go to bed until after midnight on Mondays easy. It's my busy night of the week, so... Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, yes, enough about us, enough about our drama, enough about everything else. It's time to get in. It's time we're ready. Ken M, I need you to check that watch of yours because I believe it's time. It is time to kick off this edition of 607 TWS, and we're going to kick it right off with all elite wrestling and they had a huge pay-per-view that went down this past saturday and it, 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 you know what can you say about it it was going to you from the world's toilet newark new jersey <laughs> and and listen if you're from newark new jersey and you're offended by that i'm sorry live in a better place i just uh, anybody who knows newark new jersey 
you know, it is what it is. I saw Ken's girlfriend, Denise Salisado. Uh, she uh, put a tweet out there when she landed in uh, in Newark that said, are we in the sketchy part of New Jersey? I'm like, you should have done that homework before you got there. Facts. You don't listen to Redman? By the way, thank you, AEW, for going to Newark, New Jersey, because I listened to a lot of Redman this past weekend. Ken can uh, yes. attest to that. It got me back into listening, my inner touch with Redman. And uh, if you don't know the classic hip-hop artist that is Redman, oh, you need to find the fuck so out. So good. Him and Method Man as well. Oh yeah, uh, the joint albums. How high? By the way, not the not the second version that went with the movie. Yeah, no, I'm the talking first about the 1995 one. How High. Hell yeah, one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. I promise you that. I still remember every lyric to that fucking song. I can sing that song a cappella, but I'm not going to do that for you right now because we have wrestling to talk about. Uh, so that went down this Saturday. Newark, New Jersey, was the place of the crime. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to put it. So. <laughs> I, I, I can't sugarcoat this shit, man. I'm going to go on and say this. Listen, we didn't get a lot of votes in there. What I understand 607TWS doesn't have a handle anywhere. It's on purpose. It is a joint show between the ODPH podcast and 3FN podcast, the 607 podcast name. That's what we are underneath. So we don't have its own social medias for that reason. We both plug the show. We both promote the show, and the show does good numbers. So I understand we don't have a, a joint one. So whenever there's a poll or something, please make sure that you're following you know, ODPH podcast social medias and the 3FN podcast social medias, and we share them if one mm-hmm. of us is doing it. Yeah. Uh, so either or or both is, is the best way, and make sure you vote in the polls because before we had this, uh, we had we didn't have a huge turnout, but it wasn't a small turnout. It was enough that we could gauge the temperature in the room. Correct. Facts. Yeah. I had put out a poll and I asked how many people, and this was after Rampage went off the air on Friday night. I said, hey, now that we're done with the road, uh, Dynamite, Rampage, the, the road to full gear is over. Now that we're done with the full gear, the road to full gear, who is, how excited are, is everybody for AEW full gear? And I put the poll, very excited, neutral, not excited. Wasn't trying to, or sorry, no, it was excited, neutral, not excited. Right. So I wasn't trying to gauge like a number. I didn't want to, I just wanted to see what the temp in the room was. We got enough back to get the temp in the room. It 55% responded, not excited. 45% responded, Neutral. There was zero responses for excited for this event, Kenham. Zero responses. What do you think about? It? And that's not just from the temperature in the room from across the board, from a lot of outlets, not just that poll. We're saying the same thing. Why do you? What do you think is going on there? I think the buildup for this pay-per-view the, over the past couple of weeks was lackluster, and that's putting it nicely. I think that there was some missed opportunities to really drive home the point to make people tune in for this main event or this show because other than the main event, everything else just really felt cut and paste. There wasn't anything that really stood out. I think they tipped their hand too much personally when they revealed the Elite was coming back to face Death Triangle right before. If you kept it a mystery, people probably would have known, but still... You gave away too much before the show and not enough build to really satisfy an audience that when we were talking with AEW fans that we know that are diehards, that are the legit hashtag I'm with AEW, they were even saying I'm skipping this pay-per-view because it's not really doing anything for me. I'm not going to out him, but we have a good friend that's a huge AEW fan, has not missed an AEW show, passed on ordering this pay-per-view. Yep. Did not watch, passed on it. And like I said, I won't out them because I understand in this day and age on the internet, good Lord. Uh, We did order it and we did watch it, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, well, going back to that, coming in, the excitement level couldn't be high because you had you had this great buildup that I even said, "Oh man, the main event a month ago when when the the main event got you know announced, if you will, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is so great, I can't wait. This is the best. This is the pay per view I've been waiting for. Somehow in that month they cooled that fucking down. 
and we talked about it in the preview show. Uh, looking at it, but that that match had story. <clears throat> the acclaimed and swerve in our glory had story. Although once again, the problem with that match: three major events in a row. We talked about it in the preview show. Right. Jamie Hader, Tordy Storm. They tried to throw the story in there. So I'll, I'll give it credit. It had story, but it was it was kind of almost in the background. Most of their story was, well, we were roommates during the pandemic. Yeah, you're you're trying to do it outside of the ring instead of establish inside story. Really, no direction with Sting and Darby and Jarrett and Jay Lethal, uh, oh. Samoa Joe, Wardlow, and Powerhouse Hobbs. They threw together pretty yeah. much. Uh, we saw it coming, but it was still thrown together. As a matter of fact, when it happened, I messaged you like, uh, "We knew that was happening." Saray mm-hmm. uh, and Britt Baker had a story built to it. Yep. Although lackluster, I'm, I'm just being honest. Yeah, calling it right down. No, the no, it's facts. They threw together the four-way Ring of Honor title match. I, obviously, you can tell I'm going in reverse order of the card. We're going to break it down. Uh, Death Triangle and the Young Bucks. They gave you know they gave that away. They should have kept it as a fucking because you know what would have been cool if they we all figured it was going to be the Young Bucks, the Elite, I should say. But could you imagine if the way that they did the opening entrance, which we'll talk about in a minute, I know we're talking in circles here. Could you imagine if they did that and you didn't know it was the elite and that was the first time you realized, oh, shit, it's the elite. Yeah. It would have been even better. I mean, there was a big pop, but it would have been better. Right. Jade and uh, uh, Nyla Rose, they did a decent build for, but nobody cared. And then last but not least, they did. They've been building Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy for a while. Blow off match in the cage. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. Literally, this show was mostly thrown together, no. mostly, and and that's a, been a problem that that people have had with AEW in the past. And once again, we want to see AEW succeed. We're not fucking haters. We just call it right down the middle. Yeah, we're not going to sit there and kiss your ass about it. You needed to do a better job, and you didn't. Like this being the fourth pay per view. I mean, unless you want to count Forbidden Door, but I'm going to take that out of the equation. Yeah, Forbidden Door, I don't count, and I also don't count Grand Slam just because it was on TV. Right, exactly. When you're talking about your pay-per-view events that you want your fans to spend $50 on to watch, these are supposed to be huge events, not something that is like a normal buildup on Dynamite for one of your so-called special attractions. Like, this shouldn't feel like Fighter Fest. This shouldn't feel like Fight for the Fallen. Or winter is coming. Better yet, it shouldn't feel like battle for the belts. Yeah. This should have something that you're going, oh my God, the minute this was announced, I want to go get a party, watch this, and really get amped up about it. And this legit felt like a, a regular Wednesday. But the sad part is a month and a half ago or so, when they were started the gears to fu- going into this hardcore, it felt huge for mm-hmm. about two weeks. And remember, that was a two to three weeks, because it was three weeks in a row, but two weeks, three weeks, where not only that, but that was some of the best dynamites I saw. And yeah. I, I, I blame myself. I jinxed the whole fucking thing. Because I, A, I kept telling it about how excited I was to see the main event, so that means the card can't fail me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, even that last, that third week of the big run for Dynamite, where it was like boom, 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 with three big shows, even though that third week was the week where they did the MJF uh, firm thing at the end, and I wasn't a fan of it, still a good, great show. So I'm like, oh, man. And remember, I went out, three great shows. They're pumping it up. AEW's turning the corner. And then they spent the next, three, four weeks, technically three weeks, flushing it down the fucking toilet. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, that's the whole thing, especially when they wanted to sell MJF's injuries. Then they showed the he was doing podcast interviews the following week. It's like, why didn't you do it then? Keep him on the show. You could have done a vignette or something 
or have him interview interviewed by Excalibur or somebody like live via split screen. You could have done something, but when you're trying to sell this, that cooled it off because people have been wanting to see MJF back, and he was the attraction that everybody was checking out. So when you take him off TV, you did not replace it with equal value, in my opinion. I'm sorry, the storylines were not equal. No, I agree. And once again, we're rehashing a lot that we said last week because it's going to fit into how the night went. Mm -hmm. So let's start off in zero hour. Originally, zero hour was only scheduled to be 30 minutes at 730 p.m. And then about Wednesday or Thursday, they changed it to a full hour and added three matches instead of one, which I'm fine with. I believe yeah. it or not, I'm not upset about 10 match made card, three match pre-show. I'm like, OK. And we were done with about 12 o'clock at night. So I'm happy there. Happy because last time it was like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was way too long. Last time I was getting angry. So let's jump right into the zero hour. The opening contest was a 10-man tag team match that went 11 minutes and 55 seconds. And at the end of the day, the best friends, Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor, along with Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and Evil Danhausen, defeated the factory QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Big Shotty Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado, and Cole Carter uh, via pinfall. And uh, the emergence of Evil Danhausen was was good. Yeah, that was great. I mean, believe he came out to the Misfits? I do believe it was the Misfits. Also a little different, a little bit of blood splatter and things. Brought the teeth. Yeah. We got to see the teeth in Nick Camarado's mouth. Hmm. And then we got to see, uh, at the end of the day, QT Marshall uh, pay the price. Yes. So I, big bucket of win. Very entertaining, in my opinion. Solid opener. Next up, it was the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament semifinals. And we'll get into confusion in a second. This match got 10 minutes. At the end of the day, Ricky Starks advanced by beating Brian Cage, who had Prince Nana in his corner via pinfall. Here's the problem with this match. First, they push it back and push it off because Ricky Starks is quote-unquote injured, which it was work. <laughs> so I don't understand that. So they pushed the, that semifinal back to Rampage. Then the first announcement was that at... Uh, full gear it was going to be this semi-final match and then the final match during the show mm -hmm. and then when we get to showtime they changed it again and said nope nope finals will be on dynamite this upcoming wednesday confusing as all hell it's like pick a fucking time and stick with it yeah unless they came to their senses and said one more match would be too long which i will give them the pass on for that i think that they were cutting down but yes in all their fucking packages and stuff and everything else previous to this they had the finals there uh but the finals in the World Championship Eliminator Tournament will be this upcoming Wednesday, Ricky Starks versus Ethan Page. I'm calling Ethan Page right now because if they give it to Ricky Starks and he loses, that's such a waste this early for him because he's now on that road to redemption where he's going to be the next big superstar for AEW. Last on the zero hour in a singles match in a kind of a rematch in a way from Friday night's Rampage, uh, Eddie Kingston defeated June Akiyama but via pinfall, 10 minutes and 30 seconds, this match was emotional. This match was great. And I love that Kings Road style. So I was fucking all about this match. At the end of the match, an emotional Eddie Kingston thanking Akiyama for giving him a match, uh, praising him as, as a pillar of all Japan wrestling and how much it meant to him. Uh, you can see the emotion. I was really happy for Eddie Kingston. I was really, I loved this match. I thought they did a great job. Fantastic. Top to bottom. I really was in for this one. Next, we are going to kick off the main card of AEW Full Gear 2022 with a steel cage match. This match got 18 minutes and 40 seconds. At the end of the day, Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeated Kanosaurus with Christian Cage in his corner with a submission hold. Uh, first of all, Kanosaurus. Facts. You're not wrong. I'm not even changing it back to what it's supposed to be. Kanosaurus. The music sounds like Kane. He sat up in this match and he gave a tombstone pile driver. Mm-hmm. 
I said if he gave the tombstone, it was it. I will no longer refer to him as Luchasaurus. It's Kanosaurus. So Kanosaurus versus Jungle Boy. I like this match. I'm not going to lie. I like this match. It was a good match. They definitely have chemistry together. But the ending. I'm not a huge fan of the ending. I, I want to say this. Jungle Boy probably broke some ribs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he jumped from the top of the cage with an elbow drop on Luchasaurus, who was on a table. However, he kind of half missed the table, and you could start to see the bruising on his ribs, so I would be interested to see how his ribs are feeling today. Yeah. But uh, I'm honestly, overall, I, I like the match. I, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was a good blow-off. I hope it's the blow-off. Now, mind you, you can come back to it when Christian's healthy. But right now, what I would do is I would take Jungle Boy Jack Perry and I would start putting him maybe in a TNT title picture, maybe moving him up the card a little bit. And then when he gets that opportunity, maybe then if Christian's healthy, have Christian screw him over. And then we can finally get the payoff match when Christian's healthy and and, and wrap this up nicely. But I, I think this is a good ending point for now, in my opinion. No, I'm with you on that. Like, I just didn't like the ending because I thought it was unnecessary, especially with that cage and how it's built. That that thing, I'm, I'm right oh there with God. you. Oh, my God. The cage is terrible. The cage, I, yeah. I fucking hate the AW cage. The, the fact that there's, like, a fucking, like, two-foot step up, and that's even with putting a, a riser underneath the stairs, and then there's gaps by the side of the cage where someday a wrestler's going to go off the side of the cage and they're going to fall horribly and hurt themselves. And I'm not saying kill themselves or really bad hurt themselves, but they're going to tear something, pull something. It's not going to be pretty. It's not safe i'm sorry they need to fix the cage i don't understand how a multi-billionaire in a company that allegedly is making money according to him is not able to get a cage that's tighter to the ring and that fits the doorway should be connected to the actual ring where you can just step through the door i've this is the only cage i've seen indie wrestling cages that are put together better than this yeah and i think this played a factor when uh, when jack jumped off the cage yeah yeah. Like, I'm sorry, because I think this, it threw his timing off. And look at what happened. He messed that up. And like I say, I'm hoping he's all right, but I agree with you. It looked like he broke ribs. Like, that was a horrible fall. And I know that they kind of partially sold the elbow, and that's why he went right to the submission. Because I don't think that was supposed to happen, the submission. I think he was supposed to pin him right then and there. But they went that on the fly, which, okay, kudos for them to adapt. But, my God, like, that was unnecessary. I understand you want to pop the crowd and do that, but with how that cage is built and set up, it's just – it's signs for disaster agreed well next up we had the six-man tag team match for the aew world trios championships your champions going in the death triangle Pac, penta el cerro Mado, and ray phoenix taking on the return of the elite the the elite kenny omega and the young bucks and uh, Brandon Cutler and Michael Naka Naka Nakazawa were outside the ring as well. This match got 18 minutes and 40 seconds. And at the end of the day, and still AEW World Trios champions, Death Triangle. Great match, by the way. This is match of the night, in my opinion. I loved it. Let's start off with the uh, return of the Elite. So we got a cool video package. And instantly, both of us were like, well, those are lyrics to fucking Wayward Son. Mm-hmm. So we had heard that they wanted that song and that they couldn't get the licensing to it. Remember that? Yeah, was it was a rumor going around. Was a rumor going around. Well, that was a lie because we got it. So we got some Kansas, yeah. which was a cool pop. I, I enjoyed the entrance. The entrance was solid. No issues with that. But it was. I, I wish they would have came out to like a different graphic. I wish. Well, here's the problem. I think initially, I really do think initially the idea was for them to be a surprise. Mm -hmm. Hence how they came up with the graphic. Because that would have been perfect that they were a surprise. There was this tick. 
tick is like we had seen before before they announced and then they announced them for some reason if they would announce them they would have the tick and they would have the th- song lights would have gone down and kept down for a second like they did and then the music would have came on and there would have been the elite and you're like oh shit that's awesome yeah but they gave it away which i think was a mistake i think there would have been a it was a huge pop don't get me wrong but i think it would have been a bigger pop if it would have been a surprise oh absolutely they, they should have done that but the fact they tipped their hand it took away from the luster of it because like you knew they were coming back and you knew when they were getting put in this match it was like okay they were going to walk out of the title. I'm glad they didn't win. I'm glad Death Triangle did. I love how Phoenix is was. By the way, best storytelling match too. Yes. we'll get to that in a second. But but I love but I love it. But I hate the ending that now it's a best of seven. Oh, I, uh, dude, let's save that. I was getting there. I was hoping you went, but you already got angry and got there. But let's go and uh, so basically the match goes down at one point in juncture during the match. To be noted, there was a fuck CM Punk chant. Yeah, loud, very loud. Everybody in the building. And, uh, of course, they leaned into that on being the elite. They returned to being the elite this week. They uh, cut the music just so you could hear it. So, you know, there's a little pettiness. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not even upset about it. Some people are like, oh, they're executives. They're petty. Listen, they're going up against the king of petty. They they can be fine and be petty. Everybody can be petty. I don't give a fuck. Anyways, match itself was great. Uh, I think I'm going to say this. The suspension, probably the best thing physically that happened to the elite. Uh, obviously, it gave Kenny Omega another couple months. Mm-hmm. Him coming back from the surgery, he looked like a million bucks, looked great in the ring. Yes. And then on top of that, Matt Jackson had been nursing a back injury for quite some time. I'm sure that helped him out as well. Everybody looked crisp and healthy, and it looked like fucking the uh, the young bucks of old and the Kenny Omega of old. So I think that the suspension actually benefited a lot. This match, though, Phenomenal match, well put together. I didn't think that they did too many false finishes. They did a lot of cool spots during the match. They did a lot of the like the stuff you expected, plus a little extra. And the story that they told was beautiful. In the means of we've been seeing for weeks in Death Triangle that Penta and Ray are not not going to cheat. But lately, Pac has been using a, a ring belt hammer. Yeah. And it came into the match early, and Phoenix threw it down. And uh, next thing you know, it looked like Penta was on board because he was distracting the referee, and Phoenix was still not on board. And then we come into the finish of the match, and he, you know we get the V-trigger. But while he gets the V-trigger, Pac gives the hammer before he gets grabbed to Phoenix. He picks up Phoenix for the uh, one-winged angel, and boom, Phoenix uses the hammer one, and then falls back. One, two, three. To retain, I thought it was perfect storytelling. Oh, absolutely agree. He with looked, you on that. he looked distraught after the match, but they're like, no, 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 you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where we're going from there. We do know shortly thereafter they announced, oh no, this isn't one off. This is going to be a best of seven series taking place over the next seven weeks on Dynamite. Why? I don't know. Yeah, like it just takes away from your. I mean, do they have a division for the six man tags? Not really. No. So it's like, okay, we're just going to do a fight forever. Now, granted, I'm not mad about it because when these six get guys get in the ring, it's always magic. So I will give you that. But come on. If you're going to try building an actual division, like build an actual division. But the fact you're going to do a best of seven, you're going to log jam that up now? Well, I will say the most exciting news that had come out of this match. The match was my favorite match of the night. Just throwing that out there. Very good match. I recommend seeing it. But that's not the most exciting news to come out that night, and it had nothing to do with AEW because later that night, or technically early the next morning because of Japanese time frame, Will Ospreay, after successfully defending the United States title and making sure that he will go to Wrestle Kingdom as the U.S. champion, you know, his his mouthpiece, run the mouth, talking smack, then the lights go out. 
When the video comes up, it is the one and only Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega cuts a beautiful promo in Japanese, which, of course, as we know, one of the few people who took the time to learn fluent Japanese. Mm -hmm. So he cuts this wonderful promo in Japanese, talking about how since he's, you know, since he left for after all Elite Wrestling was built, there was no reason for him to be in New Japan, and that uh, when he left, they had to find a new Kenny Omega. So they picked Will Osprey, and since then, the houses have been light. And since then, the crowds have been quiet. And I know that the excuse is the pandemic, but it's not an excuse anymore. So therefore, you know, it's obviously you could not replace Kenny Omega. So I was surprised when New Japan called me. And I said, I didn't really want to do this. But I told them that I will do it. I will save your company one more time. And announces then in English that at Wrestle Kingdom on January the 4th, Will Osprey versus Kenny Omega for the United States, the IWGP US Championship is going down. Amazing. Of, Super amped up for this one. Of course, ended it with a good, uh, I bid you adieu, goodbye, and good night. So, uh, beautiful stuff. Uh, the cleaner is returning to New Japan on January 4th. So, huge news there as well. Mm hmm. I, I dug it. I can't wait to talk more about Wrestle Kingdom as we get closer because we know that preview is going down and that review will be going down. Coming up January 4th and 5th. In Tokyo, Japan, at the uh, Tokyo Dome. So, cannot wait for that. And they added just another big match. Yeah. Another big match. Of course, Okada versus Switchblade Jay White also that night. Yeah, it's going to be a great night of action. Uh, it's never disappointing. I love Wrestle Kingdom. Let's jump back into AEW Full Gear. That was only notable because obviously AEW is allowing Kenny Omega to go over to New Japan to do that show. So, next up, we have the in the third match of the main card. A singles match in the women's division for the AEW TBS Championship. Your champion, Jade Cargill, defending the belt against Nyla Rose. By the way, Nyla Rose <laughs> comes to the ring in a 60-some uh, <laughs> Chevy on hydraulics a la Latino Heat. Mm -hmm. Of course, with Vicky, who's wearing what appears to be <laughs> a Rhea Ripley I'm Your Mommy shirt. Yeah. They either recreated that for her, which I don't know what the licensing and copyright looks like, or they just let her wear a real Ripley shirt. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was exactly what it was. I know it's in the, the vein of the I'm your poppy shirts of Eddie Guerrero, but that was the whole point with WWE. Right. Also, Marina Shafir dressed up like a cholo. I have no idea what was going on with this entrance. I, I'm kind of weirded out that nobody else was like, she's not a cholo, so why is she appropriating a culture? But whatever, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. it is what it is. We're not going to touch right, upon right, it. No, We're going to no. let it go. Let it go like Frozen said. Mm -hmm. Jade Cargill, on the other hand, coming out cosplay as always, and this time near and dear to my heart as a child, and he's going to have as an adult, I love me some Thundercats, sir. She came out as Shatara. Yeah, it was awesome. I was fucking like, yes! She always kills it on the cosplay. I, I love I love her at pay-per-views. Yes. Just because of that. And she has such a high upside. And it's so bad that this match wasn't good. No, this was probably this was the worst match of the night. And it just timing was off everywhere for this. I felt so bad because I love Jade. And I yeah. love Nyla Rose. It has nothing to do with them. It just wasn't working. At the end of the day, and still your AWTBS champion, Jade Cargill. She's 42 and 0. Digging it. I can dig it, sucker. But I, I just didn't like the match, and I felt bad because I loved the cosplay, though. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, well, Jade always understands about what you touch upon. When it's a pay-per-view, it's supposed to feel like a special event. Jade doesn't do this for Rampage or Dynamite. She always comes out with a great cosplay for the pay-per-views and gives it the, that special feel of an event. So I, I do always applaud her for that. Just this match just 
it just didn't click. For whatever reason, it was just bad. I will also go on the record as saying this was the shortest match of the night at eight minutes. We're going to talk about times on this on later on and not, not the way you guys think. Next up was the four-way match for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Your champion, Chris Jericho, defending against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara. This match went 21 minutes and 30 seconds at the end of the day, and still Ring of Honor World's champion, the Ocho, Chris Jericho. Uh, I did like the storytelling in this match. Mm -hmm. I liked how Sammy kind of turned on uh, Chris. I like the explanation later on that, hey, I expected him to do that. Why wouldn't he try to get his own stuff? That's good. Yeah. So I kind of like the explanation, uh, throwing it off. But I, I did like that storytelling. I like the storytelling between the, the Blackpool Combat Club, foreshadowing the events later on, which I'll take my victory lap then. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll wait. But uh, at the end of the day, this match was good. The finish was terrible. Uh. Dude, the Judas effects got to go. Yeah, he's got to quit using that. It just it looks bad, and even when it was done in this match, like for the closing move, it was like, oh no, that how is that supposed to be a finisher taken? It's got to go. Yeah, yeah. just saying. Next matchup was the one of the matches everybody was waiting for: the return to the ring of Soraya as she took on Britt Baker. D M D. This match got twelve minutes and thirty seconds. At the end of the day, Soraya wins her return match. My problem with this match is simple. 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Listen, Soraya has been not wrestling for five years, almost to the day. Mm -hmm. Her last match was almost to the day five years ago, right? Yeah. That was the thing. The next day was exactly five years. So pretty much five years. We call it five years. Sure. Five years away from the ring. She admitted during the, the scrum, and I felt so bad for it because I, I, you know what? I think she gave it her all. I think she did as good, and I'm not blaming either of these ladies. I think mm -hmm. they did a great job of what they were given because – Obviously, Britt Baker was being very careful. Mm -hmm. Britt, Baker, Britt Baker took care of her immensely, hence no injury in the match. Yeah. Soraya, you know, gave her all. She was gassed by the end of it. But listen, you haven't been in the ring for five years. You haven't been able to full-on train for the last five years. Maybe the last month or so she's been full-on training, but how much of that has been in the ring and taking bumps? I'm sure not much because she only got cleared like a Friday ago, according to her. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't really taking bumps either. So the fact that you booked a 12-minute, almost 13-minute match yeah. for somebody who hasn't been in the ring for five years and who also is coming back from an injury so you know it's a feeling out process, you know you're going to have to protect her, fucking crazy. There was one thing that I did not like in the match a lot, and that was Soraya at one point faked Yeah, right the, after the first bump. I hated that. She acted like that. Even Britt Baker stopped, and it was weird. Britt Baker stopped, the ref stopped, and then when she got up, she laughed it off, and it was just like, don't do that. No, God, don't do that because and you could tell it was one of those weird fucking things. And it's like, and I don't even think Britt was on it because she stopped mm -hmm. dead stopped. It wasn't like she went after her on the ground. Poor taste, in my opinion. That, so that's my only real gripe about that. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. The if, if we want to call it the taunt or whatever that was, I understand that you want to send the message like, hey, I'm OK. It came off bad. and It was in poor taste because everybody in that arena that goes, oh, my God, she's already hurt. And that's something that we always worry about because of how bad her neck injury was. So, like, why would you even tease about that? Like, I'm sorry, like, that was a bad look. And I do agree with you. For not wrestling in five years, and sure, you can be training all you want, too long of a match time, too much expectation, it just didn't deliver. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Britt Baker, great heel in this match. Oh, absolutely. Works the neck. She looks like she's beating her up. Taunts her brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Britt Baker was delivering on all the goods. And... 
and Soraya, for to her credit, was you know keeping up. But you know, obviously, there's a little bit of gas. There's a little bit of like ring rust here. On top of all of this, the way that they should have booked this match, there's two things that they should have booked that are way different. First of all, this match should have been like six minutes long. What should have happened is Soraya should have came in, ball of fire, knocked you know beat down you know Britt the normal like knockdown, knockdown, knockdown. Britt then should have like gotten some like quick neck breaker or something. Oh my god, she's grabbing the neck. Oh my god, and then that's where she should have just worked the fucking neck. Mm. She should have spent like literally three and a half, four minutes just working the neck to the point where the crowd is uncomfortable. Yeah, healing it up, stepping on her neck. Referees keep checking occasionally, shove the ref out of the way, whatever. Just go complete heel. And then on top of that, after that little bit, we should have gotten the face flurry back for like a 30 seconds baby face comeback. Mm-hmm. Get cut off with like another neck breaker or something that looks vicious. Looks like she's going for the lockjaw. Rolls through. Boom, boom. What The move formerly known as the Rampage gets hit. One, two, three. You end the match if you want Soraya to win. Mm-hmm. If you don't want Soraya to win, you do the you do the match slightly different. You still do the working over, but give Soraya a little more offense. Still about six minutes, and you put Britt Baker over. I think Britt Baker should have won this match. I think that... When you're building this story, and I understand that on paper, Britt Baker's a heel, even though she gets cheered louder than anybody, but still, she's the face of your women's division. Here's the thing. The whole story was us versus them. It was, hey, I built this house. I built this castle that you're coming to. Thank you. Thank me for your house. And, and uh, you know, Soraya's going, no, 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 it's fine. You built the house, but it's my house now, bitch. Get the fucking, get your shit and get out. Yeah. Like, I might be the invader here, but this is the story of AEW. Mm-hmm. And the invader always comes in and takes the house from the homegrown talent, from the person who built it. Don't believe me? CM Punk. Yeah. And and, and it goes on and on. But, you know, it, that's what it is. It's the track record they've set. So here we are in story form, the invader and the person who built the division. The face of the division versus the new hire. And yes, I understand she's a big deal. I get it. Or it should be a big deal. But still, why did the house lose? And, and mind you, if she's cleared and she's going to be able to wrestle more matches, you can get that win back. It's not going to hurt her to lose to Britt Baker. There's only one reason, but I will talk about it when we get to the Tony Storm Jamie Hader match. Not a problem. Uh, going out of this though, I, like I said, I hope that she gets better in the ring. I know she said during the scrum, and I felt very bad for her, where she's like, you know, I've, obviously, I know it was I was rusty, but thank you guys for hanging with me. It'll get better now that I can be training full time. Cool. I believe everything Soraya said mm-hmm. there. I have nothing against her. I have not. It's not her fault. It was a booking decision, not their decision. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Hopefully it goes in a good direction from here on out. Next up, we had the three-way dance for the AEW TNT Championship, where your champion, Wardlow, is defending against the Ring of Honor television champion, Samoa Joe, and the powerhouse Hobbs. This match got nine minutes and 55 seconds. At the end of the day, via submission... Your new AEW TNT champion, the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe. Kind of predictable. It was. Yeah. So now we're going to get Wardlow versus Samoa Joe at... uh, Final battle. Final battle. Coming up on, what, December the 3rd, I do believe, or 10th? Yes, 10th. 10th. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this... The minute that we saw this became a three-way, you and I both said off air, well, we already know that this is how you're going to get the belt off of Wardlow. Yep. It just it was going to be a matter of who took it from who. Yeah. And he won in the heel way. I'm not, I don't, I, I didn't have a problem with the ending of this match, believe it or no, not. No, it, it wasn't it was a good heel win. But at the same time, 
I don't know. It's like taking, once again, and it's not that this is not the invader and, and whatever, but it's like, here's the guy who's the TV champion of, let's be honest, let's call it what it is, a defunct wrestling promotion. Yeah. They don't have TV. They're on AEW. The AEW fans are pissed off about it. We hear it on the internet all the time. And if you're one of the fans like us who doesn't care and we're all right with, a, with Ring of Honor being on TV, which we still wish it had its own show, but we don't care. We're in the minority in this because mm. the most of the AEW fans are like, I'm tuning in to watch AEW. Why am I getting Ring of Honor? We see that time and time again, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. That's the one judgment since a Ring of Honor got purchased that I keep seeing over and yeah, over. Yeah, no, you're absolutely From their right. fan base. Not from just random fucking people. Their fan base. So now you take a guy who's a champion of a defunct thing, take the TNT title off of arguably one of your, I, I would say, top guys. In Wardlow, your number two he's, face. he's most over mm -hmm. in the company, one of them. He's the most over, like, real threat for a world title in the company. Oh, yeah, absolutely, there. And you take the belt off of him. And, I mean, I get it, eventually he has to lose, but I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. The only thing I was thinking after the fact is, would they try merging the TNT title with the TN, or the TV title from ROH? Like, but what what is that going to be for the future of ROH? Like, I know that we were hearing rumors. We'll hear something after Final Battle about the the future allegedly, but that's the only way I could see you're going to do a champ champ because like it doesn't matter if you're defending a belt for a defunct company that's not on TV. Like, I'm sorry, that's like you're cosplaying as a champion, and I, I'm happy Samoa Joe got the belt. Don't get me wrong, I love Samoa Joe. I think he's great, but at the same time, long term, where are we going with this? I don't know. Next up, no disqualification tag team match. They got 11 minutes. Sting and Darby Allen defeated Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal via pinfall. This match went all over the fucking place. Sting doing crazy dives out of the crowd. Yeah. Darby doing Darby things. I mean, it was a train wreck that you couldn't walk away from. I'm not saying it was a bad match because it wasn't bad. It was good. It was it was average or slightly above. But like, good Lord. <laughs> why? The, the risks. Just why? I mean, at one point, uh, Darby Allen goes for a coffin drop and he eats the fucking uh, guitar from Jeff Jarrett to the back. Yeah. Shattering everywhere. Like, that couldn't have felt good. No. And and Sting doing dives and nearly missing his opponent. Oh, yes. And then Satnam Singh doing Satnam Singh things, I guess. Oh, yeah, when Darby jumps into him and then... Uh, he whirl whirling dervished him in the yeah. fucking... Uh, on the, the ramp. Yeah. From like eight feet in the air. Like, fuck. Yeah, just like unnecessary. That's what this match was. Sutton and Singh making Omus look like a fucking valid wrestler. Just throwing it out there, <laughs> folks. But, you know, it wasn't horrible at the end of the day, but nothing really memorable. Right. Next up was the AEW Interim Women's Championship match. We'll talk about the Interim World after. This match uh, was between your champion going in, Tony Storm, and the challenger, Jamie Hayter. Uh, 15 minutes is the length of the match at the end of the day, and new AEW interim women's champion, Jamie Hayter. Great decision. Mm -hmm. uh, a little clunky at the finish. I thought this was a very good match. Yes. But the finish was a little clunky. I understand what they were going for, but still a little clunky. Uh, Rebel got involved. Didn't, didn't pan out. Britt Baker gets involved a couple times. Finally, it pans out. I also didn't like the fact that we saw Tony Storm eat a belt, then a finisher kick out, mm -hmm. eat uh, a, a, a cheap shot from Britt Baker. Uh, sorry, not even a cheap shot. She ate the uh, uh, the curb stomp right. onto the belt, yeah. rolled into the ring, ate a finisher, actually ate her own finisher, and kicked out. And then finally, the third time after she knocked Britt off of the apron 
uh, who, who was on the cover, ripping the cover off, then ate a fucking bare buckle to the face, and then another finisher from Hater finally takes the pin. Way too super strong booking right here. Way too much. The, this is one problem we've talked about in the past, too, with AEW. They, the matches go five, ten minutes too long. And this is a situation that there was a time there that I think it was right after the belt stomp. That yeah. was the moment the crowd was ready. The crowd was ready for it. They were one, two. Uh. Yeah. When you take the air out of the room like that, it's tough to recover. And the only reason it did somewhat, it was a, it was a quieter pop than it should have been, but it still was a big pop, is because the AEW faithful have really grown to be a, a fans of Jamie Hayter. Rallied around Jamie Hayter. Yeah, because it's homegrown talent. Yeah, and that came up in the pre- in the uh, media scrum afterwards. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Liked it. And I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. I love Jamie Hayter, and I like uh, the match. Let's talk about that scrum, because we got our first news of the name of Thunder Rosa. Tony Khan asked straight out by the media. Finally had a backbone and asked a real question. Hey, this interim world uh, women's world championship, we you know fucking Thunder Rosa has been out for months, and we hear she's not due back until at least next year. What's going on? Is there ever going to be a time where you just strip her of the fucking belt, make it the world title? And uh, Tony Khan said, "Well, we're uh, evaluating that right now. We're getting with her, seeing when the time frame is to come back. If it is too far gone, then we might take steps to make the interim title the lineal title." I was like, okay, wow, that's good. How about we don't just don't do interim championships anymore? Yeah. How about you just forfeit the belt if you're injured? That happens everywhere else. Mm-hmm. The only other place that does interim belts is UFC and it's garbage there too. Exactly. Have one lineal champion. Have one. If you can't compete and you can't defend, defend your title, you forfeit the belt. That's how wrestling has been for as long as I can remember. Yeah. It, it, just, it doesn't make sense to just tie up a division like that. And like I say, jamming it up. And preventing movement going on there. Like, listen, I, when Thunder Rosa is healthy, give her a title shot when she's good to go. Well, that's what you do. Yeah, that's that, what has happened in the past. It's a no-brainer. So, like, why do we keep putting the interim tag on? It just takes away from it. Well, here's the other thing. It takes away from the competitor that holds the belt. Yeah. Because does that mean Tony Storm is AE, it was AEW World's Women's Champion? Or does that not really count? It's just a filler belt. Because if, if you look at it as a filler belt, that means she was never AEW World's Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. That means Jamie Hayter right now is not AEW World's Women's Champion. She's just a filler belt. So it doesn't make it feel important. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. You're you're exactly right. And I, I'll be honest. Tony Storm should be considered a world champion. Yep. Jamie Hayter should be considered a world champion. I, it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah. No-brainer. You should just make that belt the valid one and call it a day. Agreed. And it'll clear up a lot. Now, I do want to remind you, you said you were going to bring something up about Britt Baker here. Yeah, so the situation that I keep hearing is, well, Britt came down to help her and then she's going to turn to challenge Jamie Hayter a la uh, Evolution turning on Randy Orton when he got the world title. I disagree. I think this is setting up where Britt is going to get jealous of Jamie Hayter's success that Jamie says, well, if you're so good, why don't you take care of the undefeated champion, Jade Cargill? Well, that's what we were talking about the night of. I think the I think the logical opponent next, well, not next, but at the next big pay per view, which would be Revolution. Mm-hmm. So in February, I do believe. Yep. Uh, I think the next champion. I think the next challenger should be Britt Baker. I think that that would be a smart move. By then, uh, you know, Jade will be close to fifty and zero. Right. Uh, if if you're smart, you just have her have seven matches, so she's forty nine and zero going into it, mm-hmm. and. I think Britt's the person to take the belt off her. I agree. Give her a first loss, take the belt off of her, and then you can then have the TBS title on Britt. Britt go, hey, 
you know what? I've you know then if you want to continue this little like cold war, if you will, between her and Jamie, the frenemy situation, I think is perfect. Yeah, I like how you said it, said to set up, because then you can go, then Brick can go, hey. You know what? I've had that belt before. As a matter of fact, it didn't have interim in the front of it. On top of that, hey, I just beat the undefeated, unstoppable champion, and I am the first woman to hold the TBS title and the AEW World title. Yeah. So top that, and then you can set up the feud there. It writes want. itself there. And then you set up the feud, and you don't have to turn anybody. You can just be like, set up the feud, because... In the long run of things, too many people trip, uh, cheer Britt Baker to make her a straight-out heel, mm-hmm. and Jamie Hayter is a face at this point in Juncture, pretty much. Yeah. Listen to the pop she gets. Exactly. Like I say, the AEW fans will definitely... Be, you're not going to have a face versus heel here. You just won't. Next up is the uh, semi-main event. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I kept hearing this new... Uh, AEW's... I don't know. I, I don't oh. get it. Uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, uh, the acclaimed, your champions, defending against Swerve in our glory. This match got 19 minutes and 40 seconds at the end of the day. And still, AEW World Tag Team Champions, the acclaimed, and uh, we finally got it. Keith Lee walked out on Swerve Strickland. Yeah. He got tired of Swerve's shit. He got tired of Swerve cheating. He got tired of Swerve trying to break people's fingers with pliers and said, fuck this, I'm out. Left them out to dry, and uh, then the acclaim picked the bones. Predictable, and this was the worst match of the three they've had. Oh, absolutely. I feel like every match has gone down in quality. Yeah. I also feel like it's because it's not that they don't have good chemistry. I really at times feel like Keith Lee has checked the fuck out. He looks it. He, You could definitely tell by his facial expressions. He's just out, He just doesn't care. Like, I, that's I, could how be wrong. I hope he's wrong, but I hope it, I'm, wrong. I, I'm with you. It looks very like he's checked out. Not to mention the fact we've, like I said, it hurts this match that we've seen it on the last three major shows. So you had it at All Out. You had it at fucking Grand Slam, and now you have it again at uh, Full Gear. Like, that's just too much. Mm-hmm. Give us some new. Meanwhile, everybody, including us at home, is like, hey, you have a whole show, and the best tag team in the world is on the shelf? Yeah, the FTR to the point that uh, our, our our good friend Uncle Dax, which we always love, Uncle Dax. Uncle yes, Dax, he's fantastic. Took to uh, Instagram, and he put up a picture, and this picture is of him, and uh, you know of the FTR, and it's of a team. You know, you might have heard of them, DIY Kenem. Greatest theme song ever. This is when they had the theme song. Yes, and of course this is that epic takeover Toronto five star banger mm-hmm. between the two teams. Because some consider the greatest tag team match of the modern era. Some people, I, I, I don't it's know if discussion. I, I don't know if I consider it that way. However, it's up there. It's top five. It's in discussion. <laughs> it's up there. Uh, but anyways, this is what Dax wrote six years ago today. To celebrate tonight, I'll sit at home, have a glass of tequila, and rewatch this match. Probably cry or something. Maybe I'll live stream it all. To which Johnny Gargano commented, "I hear it's a, I hear it's pretty good." To which Dax responded, it's okay. Too much storytelling for my liking, though. <sighs> Uncle Dax, man, if you don't think that there is problems between FTR and AEW, I think you're wrong. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's because they were friends with Punk when he came in. I don't know if it's because Tony doesn't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the whole time that they were just brought in to put over the Young Bucks. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation out there. Mm. But at the end of the day, we know that they haven't been on a pay-per-view in a while, like an AEW pay-per-view in a while. Right. Remember after their Aussie Open match for New Japan, remember Dax was like, hey, 
Tony Khan, book us, brother. We're still we're still on your roster. There was plenty of they could have been in the tag title match at the pay per view instead of getting the same match three big events in a row. Mm-hmm. Or they could have been in any other tag match. They could have instead of Sting and Darby Allen, they could have been in the match against Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal, which. It writes itself. You could have plugged them in anywhere. I touched upon this in a past blogs count anywhere. Why are you having them sit at home and not giving the fans what they want? That's the big question. It's nothing against the acclaimed. It's nothing against Swerve and Keith Lee. But you have acclaimed is over like gangbusters. So nothing against them. But yeah, no. But but that's the whole point. You have FTR who is champions in how many promotions? Three. And they have been. They were number one contenders. I got to remember say were. With your, with AEW for how many months? Well, after they got rid of the rankings, but it was from eight. They got stopped doing the rankings. I do believe the last one they ever put out was the end of September. Yeah, I was going to say September, but it was the beginning of April through the end of whenever they stopped doing the rankings. So that long. <laughs> yeah. So you have your and you guys were the first one saying rankings matter and all that jazz. Yet you had the number one ranked tag team. And you never gave them a title shot against your AEW champions. And don't say that Ring of Honor is equal value to AEW at this stage. It is not. We all know this. Your fan base knows this. So the fact you made them literally disappear for reasons is beyond anybody's comprehension. And then you wonder why you have social media posts like this come out on your pay-per-view night which everybody should be celebrating your company you have this i want to point out that the, the biggest takeaways when i was saying shots fired biggest takeaways for shots fired from dax and you know what he was doing a that was the day of the pay-per-view mm-hmm. instead of watching the pay-per-view he's going to re-watch a match from nxt yes and on top of that when johnny gargano climbs in and he says something about storytelling you're just like he's fucking taking shots at people as he should because at the end of the day they're the best tag team in the world. They're, the people believe they are the best tag team in the world. Mm-hmm. And in re- wrestling, perception is reality. I would argue they're the best tag team in the world. Right now, they hold the AAA tag titles, which is the biggest company in Mexico. They hold the IWGP World Tag Team titles, which is the biggest company in Japan. And then they have the Ring of Honor World Tag Titles, which have a great lineage, although it's a defunct place. We mentioned it earlier. But you have the largest, co- the, the third largest company in the world in AAA, the second largest company in the world in New Japan. So why aren't you, if you're Tony Khan, even if you know or think that they're going to leave or whatever when their contract is up, whenever that's up, I don't know when it's up, mm-hmm. but obviously they still have the ROH titles on them and everything else, so there's no way they're just walking out the door tomorrow, not in my estimation. Right. So here's my problem here. Why don't you put the fucking AEW titles on them? So that way you can say, hey, listen, they have the biggest belt, the second biggest company, the biggest company in Japan, they have those belts. They have the third biggest company in the world, first biggest company in Mexico, they have those belts, and we're the second biggest company in, in, the, in the United States, and the best tag team in the world, proven by the other two belts, has our tag titles, proving that our tag belts are the best tag titles in the world, bar none, including the ones that the Usos hold. Yeah, they add prestige to your belts. I'm sorry. Like, this is such a no-brainer. Why it hasn't been done is is beyond me. I can't reiterate that enough. And what's right now, what you have to be thinking is if Tony Khan is, is – I don't, I don't understand what he's thinking because we just saw Carl Anderson come over to WWE with the Never Open Way Championship. Mm-hmm. We know he's going back to Japan to defend it to New Japan. So – why don't you think that if they want to leave, why do you think New Japan has to take the belts off them first? They don't. 
they can go to WWE with those belts. Yeah. They can probably work a deal out with AAA and go to WWE with those belts as well and then drop them after. So don't think that that's the gauge of when they, they're gone because it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. Take advantage of what you have now. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the problem is, but what the fuck? Yeah. Maybe it is perceived. Maybe they were punk guys just because they understand they're getting buried. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Well, let's go to the main event of the evening for the AEW World Championship. Your champion, John Moxley, taking on Maxwell Jacob Friedman. This match, 23 minutes, 15 seconds. And at the end of the day, and new All Elite Wrestling Heavyweight Champion of the World, MJF. And better than that, better than all of that, the devil was revealed as William Regal like the fuck I said he was. Take your victory lap. fucking right. Listen, to all the people who thought I was wrong, I wasn't wrong. I was right. And I don't know if they changed it after the fact. I don't know if it was the plan all along. I can't give them that much booking credit. And that's right. You could, I'm taking that shot. Fuck it. I don't care. So I don't know. Maybe somebody owes my ass royalties is all I'm saying. Mm. All I'm saying. I was the only one calling that shit. Facts. I was the only one that caught on to that shit. So there's no way you could tell me it was intentional. Come on, guys. Give me some credit. Give me some love out there. Don't worry. I got a promo at the end of this show. <laughs> Let's talk about the match, though. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, listen, I'm a fan of John Moxley, and I'm a fan of MJF. This is the most lackluster main event that I've ever seen in my fucking life. I don't understand why it was like one move rest one move rest and i know i'm uh, like exaggerating it but it was damn close am i wrong no you're right and in my opinion i don't think mox was up for this one i he just had a a look to him i don't know what it is this is my opinion that he wasn't fully all in about this one i don't know i don't know what it was but it really did feel like they do a couple moves and then there's like rest there was two different beat the 10 counts in this match for mjf it was just weird to me. I don't think I, I don't I don't know if I liked the match. I didn't like it. No, and I, the weird part is I was excited for this match. It just didn't deliver for where it should have been because for a Moxley match, it was slower than pace than we were used to. Like usually there's something more upbeat. And you expect like MJF to do more heel tactics like go out of the ring and take a powder and, and do stuff like that. And it just was a weird mix that we were just doing so many rest holds at the beginning. Like, whatever story they were trying to tell, I think they just missed the mark. This was unusual for an AEW match, and the fact that the match itself, the match portion, was kind of eh. But the finish was really good. And I'm not just saying that because I called it. I do like how they did it. I like the oh, fact great that finish. MJF went into the trunks, got the ring. William Regal came down and said, no, no, sunshine, you're not doing that. So MJF... You know, continuing with the storyline, throws the fucking ring at him. Yeah. Which hopefully somebody got that ring instead of somebody in the crowd. Who knows? I thought he got it back. Hopefully he did. Yeah. Uh, which opened him up. Moxley almost gets a sneaks a win in there by a roll up. We exchange some moves. Referee takes a bump. By the way, there was way too many ref bumps, but this ref bump was was on the secondary ref bump was on purpose because the first ref's getting up. They bump the other ref, and now you have uh, both men trying to get to their feet. William Regal comes to the ring apron, takes the brass ducks out of his pockets, slides them perfectly to MJF. There's no mistake. It wasn't like, oh, he got intercepted him. Fucking Mox is on the other side of the ring, so we know what he did. Mm-hmm. Nux go on. Mox gets up. Boom. Rocks him. Referee t- turns around. Perfect time for once. Not looking at the, right. the cheating. Perfect time. Boom. One, two, three. New champion. 
I liked it. The finish of this match was picture perfect. That's the saving grace from this one. And the best moment of the media scrum. Picture perfect MJF. Yes. Just walking in the room, not even on mic, yelling about how he's the greatest thing ever, shitting all over Tony Khan, shitting all over the media. Loved it. Yeah, no, it's per- it. perfect cherry on the Sunday. The MJF era has arrived in all elite wrestling. It's enough to keep me watching for at least right now. We'll see where we go from here. Overall, Ken M, I know we don't do grades per se. What were your final thoughts on AEW's Full Gear 2022? Lackluster card. Uh, the pre-show was probably the best part of the, the night, to be honest with you. I thought that that really delivered. I thought other than the Young Bucks match, everything else just really didn't click and really didn't go over. I was happy with the outcomes, though. Seeing Jamie Hader win, I was very excited about. And the MJF finish, note, the finish was good. I said I said this to you that night, and I stick by it. I, if you take the top six matches of the night, three of them were from the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Because the my, my night match of the night is a six-man tag. Same. My second place match of the night, and I didn't like the finish per se because of you know the strong stuff, but it's still a great match. Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm, which I think now, as far as not going into a gimmick match, probably the best women's match they've ever thrown. Yes. Like as far as the match I, goes. I'm not talking about like when the brawl like I think the brawl between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker yeah, the same was Patty that, that, that that was the best yeah. overall. But when you go pure just wrestling match, I think this one was it. Uh then I put after that I put uh, Akiyama versus Kingston from the pre show. Mm-hmm. Right after that I put the Ricky Starks and Brian Cage match, which was really good from the pre show. Then in the fifth slot, I do believe I threw Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, because I really did enjoy that match. And then the sixth spot I put the fucking ten man tag. Yeah. So that three the three zero hour matches were better, which were for free, were better than the majority of the matches on the main card. No, I mean, I, this card just felt like a oversized dynamite. I agree. Well, if you're out there and you don't agree with us, hit us up, let us know. If you agree with us, let us know as well. Once again, art subjective. If you love the show, we're not going to make fun of you. No. You know, it is it is what it is. Just, you know, I, it just didn't do it for me. And I had high hopes because I, I follow, I'm going to give a shout out, our good friend Stu from Stu World Order. He said it, and, and I kind of was, that was my saving grace for the longest. He was like, well, you know, storylines, you know, it's a normal AEW pay-per-view. There's no stories going in, but usually the in-ring stuff will get it done. And unfortunately, I, the majority of the matches, the in-ring stuff didn't get it done. It was a weird night. It was like 30 done, 70 not done. Yeah, it was a weird night. And and without the stories and without, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a weird time in AEW. They need to fix some shit. We've been saying it for a while, but I'll save that for later. With that, that's going to do it for this extended opening mm-hmm. segment because, you know, the review is always going to take the longest. Of course. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, it will be time for the mid-card. We're going to talk about Indie Roundup. Game Changer Wrestling had a big show this past week, and we're going to review that real quick. And we're also going to uh, give you a preview of an upcoming huge event from Absolute Intense Wrestling, AIW, all on our good friends over at Fight Plus. All that and more when we come back from this break. Side before it gets too late for you to run away. Where will he go when he starts to turn? And you see his insecurity. 
That's right, it's now time for the mid-card of this week's 607-TWS. Ken, take it home, baby. Take that baseline. Ah, yeah. Bam. That's right. Listen, I love this part. This is my, one of my favorite parts of the show is coming back for the mid-card ah. for two reasons. Usually the mid-card means indie roundup, and you know I'm all about that indie yes. wrestling. But also, the mid-card theme is banger. Absolutely. banger. Drop that bass line. And as Seamus would say, banger after banger, banger after, after banger. banger. That's right, goddammit. Well, the mid-card is brought to you by our good friends at Fight. As Fight.TV, more specifically, Fight Plus. For $4.99 a month, you get a tremendous amount of live and uh, replayed and... Now archived events. Mm. As a matter of fact, they have the entire Game Changer Wrestling Archive almost up. They keep adding more, yep. but eventually the entire archive will be there, as well as every live GCW event, every live AIW event, every live Black Label Pro event, every live Wrestling Revolver event, every live... It's just get, it's get out of here. Glory Pro Wrestling. I, yes. There's so many fucking... And there's more coming. Yeah, that's they're, a, they're adding more people. It's literally becoming the best deal for independent pro wrestling. And I know this isn't wrestling, but on December the 3rd, if you have Fight Plus, you get Slap Fight 28. Ho, 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 ho. And I'm watching Slap Fight. Let's I'm just throwing it out there. So anyways, also there's a GCW show on. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, there's a GCW show on that night. That's, that's the return is December the 3rd. Right. Because they're off this upcoming weekend. But let's talk about what they did this past weekend because this past Sunday from Providence, Rhode Island at the FET Music Hall, we got GCW Presents Aura. We're going to run down. I'm going to run down the whole card. Then we're going to give our thoughts after. We are. There was some controversy. We are not going to shy away from it. We will talk about it at the end because I don't want it to overshine the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Let's start off. The opening contest was for the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships. Your champions, uh, Los Macisos, defeated the main event uh, in 7 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, for some reason, Curls and Waves could not make it, so they ended up going with the main event. Main event is also really good. I, I do enjoy main event. It was a good match, good little match. Once again, proving that you don't need necessarily 20 minutes to make a good match. No, they definitely made the most of their time. Solid match. Next up was a match that everybody was uh, kind of waiting for. It was one of the big things in the internet as the East Coast Ace, Big Breakfast, the Clout Cutter, Jordan Oliver gets one of his biggest wins of his career by name recognition as he defeated Always Ready Matt Cardona in 11 minutes and 43 seconds. Second favorite match of the night. Uh, absolutely. Next up was a four-way match where uh, 607TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin, defeated Dylan McKay, Leon Slater, and the return of the man who now calls pro wrestling Noah his home, Ninja fucking Mac, 13 minutes and 44 seconds. But the most not only was this a good match, the most important part of this match is after the match, Tony Deppin got on the microphone and said, hey, I've been the one carrying this fucking company on my back. I've been the one with the blood, sweat, and tears busting my ass and I've, I've had to earn everything I've gotten. Well, you know what? I'm tired of fucking earning. I'm calling my shot. Nick Gage, I'm coming and taking your world title so you can go back to fucking rehab. <laughs> Made it personal, but we now know officially in Los Angeles, California, and I do believe it's December the 18th. I could be wrong in the date. Uh, we can check later. It's not as important because it's good. We're going to preview it when it comes up. It's going to be uh, Nick Gage defending the Game Changer Wrestling World's Championship against Tony Deppin. 
Next up, speaking of people challenging Tony or uh, Nick Gage, we had a six-man tag team match where the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, Cole Raderick, Dark Sheik, and Sawyer Wreck defeated the second gear crew team of Effie, Mance Warner, and Matthew fucking Justice. 10 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, you have the update there? 16th. 16th. I was off by two days. Eh, close enough. So, uh... Cole Raderick, Dark Sheik, and Sawyer Wreck get the big victory over the second gear crew. But after this match, second match in a row, by the way, not a fan of this. Uh, Cole Raderick, who on December 3rd from Indiana will be getting a uh, shot at the GCW world champion, uh, Nick Gage. He called out Nick Gage here. A little more, a little less venom. A little more, hey, I'm just going to beat you for the belt. Nick Gage came to the ring. It was a thing. Yeah. Uh, kind of just odd to hear these after match promos from GCW. Next up was my women's match of the week. And I mean that with all due respect to everybody else. As Masha Slamovich defeated Maki Ito, 11 minutes and 56 seconds. The intro. So good. Yes. So good. Fantastic match, too, by the way. Next match made my skin crawl as Charles Mason defeated oh. Ali Catch, 13 minutes and 20 seconds. He's such a fucking creep. Jesus, man. You talk about somebody that's a real heel. He goes to that level. Oh, Next up was my favorite match of the evening. It was a match that I hope we get to see over and over again, considering these two gentlemen are very young. At the end of the day, the Prize City OG Alec Price defeated All Elite Nick Wayne in 14 minutes and 36 seconds. This is the first time they have met each other in a one-on-one -on -one match. Love this match. And I hope it continues on Alec Price getting the victory. Next up, we had a six-way scramble match. As you know, the GCW stable where the Iron, the, the Iron Demon... Shane Mercer defeated one call Manders, Chris Hamrick, Dustin Waller, Jimmy Lloyd, and Marcus Mathers. Nine minutes and 16 seconds. And last but certainly not least, in the main event of the evening for the second time in a GCW ring. And I would see this match over and over again. Facts. Speedball Mike DeVale defeated Jonathan Gresham in 22 minutes and 28 seconds. This is the first loss in GCW for Jonathan Gresham. Fantastic main event. Yeah, I think it was also matching the night B. Yeah. Like, like, listen, there was three tremendous matches. The whole night was good. Every match was good except for one, uh, quite frankly, and that was only because it was overshadowed by some ugliness, which we're going to talk about in a second. But outside of that, every, I think every match was a banger. It was really banger after banger. Three super good matches, though. So three fucking next-level caliber matches. Mm. But everything else was great, too. Yeah. So let's get out of the room, the cat out of the bag. It's during the scramble match... Um, Chris Hamrick went into business for himself. Uh, got on the microphone and dropped the uh, hard F word that in England also means a bundle of sticks. Mm -hmm. And uh, thankfully, the one called Manders snatched that fucking mic out of his hand. Should have probably punched him in the mouth. Surprised he didn't. Yeah. Uh, but he snatched the mic out of his hand. After the match, obviously, things were handled. GCW, to their credit, Took care of it immediately, uh, almost immediately after he gave him the back. See, I didn't even hear it during the match. That's how quick it was. I must have been distracted. I know it happened, mm -hmm. but I just didn't hear it. Yeah. I'm not making excuses not for him. Reaction, Obviously, it's yeah. whatever. I know it happened. Mm -hmm. GCW, stand up, and uh, I think, said, you know, put a statement out instantly, said, this is not our values. So it's not stand up for our values. We are taking his, uh, what he was being paid. We're doubling it, and we're donating it to a, uh, a fund for local youth LGBTQ members. So I thought that was very appropriate. Yes. 
Um, I know that some people were very upset about it, which they should be. If you were offended by it, you should be. Mm-hmm. There's no justification. Brett and GCW has apologized numerous times now for it, including doing what they did immediately after. I'm sure we will never see Chris Hamrick in a GCW ring again. For those people who are wondering about him being uh, fired, which you can't fire somebody who's not under contract, but I don't think he's going to be coming back anytime soon either. Uh, I will also point out that Effie, uh, told the internet to cool off for a second because he's he's taking care of things and I, he'll get back. He did come back and say, hey, listen, I applaud Brett and GCW for the action they took. Uh, on a separate note, I pulled uh, Chris Hamrick aside, explained to him why this is not acceptable, and he's very apologetic and, you know, it's taken care of, but thank you for GCW for being expedient about the response. Yeah, no, kudos to Brett and everybody at GCW for handling the situation very swiftly and promptly, and, you know, punishment definitely fit the crime, so they definitely... Took care of business. Yeah, I agree. And once mm. again, it's it's one of those things that you hate to see happen, but when it happens, it, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. It's a live show. He had a live mic. He did something stupid. I can't crucify Game Changer Wrestling for it. I would if they didn't take any actions, but hey, they submitted it. They, they yanked his pay mm-hmm. and they fucking, you know, gave that, doubled it and gave it to a charity. So can't ask for more. Right. Well, this upcoming weekend, we got one huge show coming to Fight Plus, and it will be live on uh, Friday night, November the 25th, so the day before uh, Black Friday for some most of you, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from Cleveland, Ohio. Actually, I think it's going to be in North Canton, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but it's coming to you from Ohio because that's where Absolute Intense Wrestling likes to do their fucking shows, and they are the kings of Ohio. And they are finally returning with one of their marquee events that has been gone since the pandemic because if they are gonna, they're not going to do a half-assed one. They want to do it full force. So, ladies and gentlemen, AIW Hell on Earth 17 will take place on Black Friday. This is one of their biggest cards of the year every fucking year. And I am so excited to have this going down. Are you ready to hear the lineup? It's got a huge lineup. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> First up, Joslyn Novara will go one-on-one with Masha Slamovich. All right. PME will take on members only. Shaw Mason will take on Cisco Silver. So two young kids. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have a multi-person match as Tyson Riggs takes on Vic Vice, takes on Austin James, takes on Sam Holloway, takes on Riley Rose, takes on one of our favorites here, Chase Oliver. Ooh. Next up in a tag team competition, Euthanasia will take on the Bitcoin Boys with the Duke. By the way, if you don't know who Euthanasia is, that would be one M-Dog 420 and, of course, his infamous tag team partner, Josh Prohibition. Ooh. So the return of M-Dog 420, not just Matt Cross. I'm excited for this. Next up is a match that we're waiting for on Beta Breath. What Our friend, our good friend over here, the Maserati Wes Barkley is repping uh, not only the uh, Rip City Shooters, but he loves the 607 as well. And he's going to beat the shit out of Matt Cardona for us. Yes, he is. That's right. Get him, Wes. We're going to be rooting for you the whole time. Next up, we have a huge, th- huge, huge three-way for the Intense Championship. That is their secondary belt, for those that don't know. Your champion, Derek Dillinger, taking on Kaplan, taking on Matthew fucking Justice with Bill Alfonso in his corner. That's going to be wild. In a battle that you are going to have to see to believe, this is going to be a battle of two guys that are going to beat the fuck out of each other. Isaiah Bronner against Dominic Garini. Oh, shit. We have an AIW Tag Team Championship match next. Bulking season, your champion is going up, up against 9-5. to five. And last, but certainly not least, 
It's going to be the absolute championship on the line. Your champion, another member of the Rip City Shooters, and another favorite here at 607 TWS. So repping the fam, Joshua Bishop. Hell yeah. Goes one-on-one with the legendary Eric Stevens. This is going to be a great match. That's going to be phenomenal. By the way, I'm staying corrected. It's going to be hunt for you from East Lake, Ohio, which is right outside of Cleveland. So I wanted to be perfectly honest about that. That's going down on Fight. If you have Fight Plus, it is included with your four ninety nine a month. How can you go wrong with that? It's, uh, look, at, look at, I'm just going to show you. I'm, I was reading all that off of their app. Yeah. You see that purchased? Hell yeah. How good does that feel? Because it says Fight Plus is fucking purchased. Let's go. Let's go. I will be watching... All Elite, uh, sorry, AIW. <laughs> <laughs> I got All Elite Wrestling on the mind. You'll find out why later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll be watching AIW Hell on Earth this Friday night from uh, the my living room. I'm going to enjoy it because I love me some AIW. It's one of those companies that if you like good fucking wrestling, it's a good wrestling company. Yeah, no, every show I've seen from them, I've been very impressed. So cannot wait for Hell on Earth this Friday. That's going to do it for the Indie Roundup. We're going to take our final break. When we come back. It'll be time for the main event of this week's 607 TWS, which means it will be time to break down WWE Survivor Series War Games. That and more when we come back from this final break. And it is time to preview WWE's Survivor Series. Wall Games. Thank you. You're right on point there. Right on point. Of course, the current theme song you're listening to is the theme song for the WWE Survivor Series 2022. Wall Games. It's called Parasite. So just getting that business out of the way. It's time to dive right in. We've got some great stuff going on. We've got some big news. We've got all sorts of crazy shit to talk about here on our road to WWE Survivor Series. And make sure you stay tuned after, because it's promo time. Oh, yes. Just so I have for a fair warning, after technically the conclusion, we'll use a term that a certain company likes to use, and we'll call it the lights out segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that being said, let's uh, get right in and talk some business about WWE Survivor Series. War Games! Going down this upcoming Saturday, starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the pre-show on the Peacock. Cock, cock, cock the, the peacock. peacock. And, of course, the main show starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, let's start off with a match that was announced tonight during Monday Night Raw. 
You. But thankfully, right before we went to air. Yes. With this segment. Uh, thank you to shout outs to Padawan Jay, who will be listening to the show for sure. Uh, shout outs to him for uh, hitting us uh, up and letting us know that they added a fucking match. Yes. Because that's the only bad part about going on Mondays. If they add any more matches, uh, we only got what we got. <laughs> mm-hmm. So with that being said, the match that is uh, added today is a triple threat match for the WWE United States Championship. Your champion, Seth frickin' Rollins, defending against the almighty Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Would you mm. like to make some predictions on this match? Ken M. And new and Mr. Theory is going to walk out with the belt. But, but Ken, they were burying Theory. Remember, he got buried. That's oh. what the internet told me. Well, I think this has all been part of Triple H's plan all along. No. I, I, you know what? I'm going to actually agree with you. Your winner and new WWE United States Champion will be Austin Theory. And I bet you it's not even going to be on his own doing. It's going to be he will pin Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. It'll be by Bobby Lashley knocking out Rollins and him opportunities, which will send Lashley into more of a tailspin. Yep. Or, or Brock Lesnar gets involved. Can you imagine if just Brock comes out and just tr- distracts? Get, yeah, distracts. And then and then Theory rolls up Lashley. That's the way he beats Lashley. Yeah. Rolls him up and he just goes into a fucking rage. I think that the at the end of the day, I think there needs to be more rage from Lashley. I think we're going to be building probably till WrestleMania for Lashley Lesnar because that's a, that feels like a WrestleMania match to me. Oh, absolutely. I think if they're going to do it again, WrestleMania, and I think we're going to get that start give, slow building there. But I think you got to keep that fire in Lashley. And Seth freaking Rollins doesn't need a belt. No. He's Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, next up, we have a singles match, although I'm going to list off more than one person. AJ Styles with the OC, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and Meechin, which is Mia Yim's new name in, the, in WWE. Uh, don't ask. I'm assuming she wanted to own Mia Yim, so they gave her a different name. So it is Meechin, hmm. pronounced Meechin, spelled M-I-C-H-I-N for you guys to know. And you did some research. Uh, it means what in Korean? Crazy. So crazy in Korean. There you go. So Ken M doing that hard-pressed, you know, reporter, journalistic shit for you guys. At least somebody appreciates you. <laughs> With, and then uh, AJ Styles will be taking on Finn Balor, who will have the Judgment Day in his corner, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Rio Ripley. I'm going to say Finn Balor's going to get or Finn Balor's going to get beat here. I think AJ comes out with a victory here. We're building towards more of a war between these two factions. And I think uh, the Rhea Ripley problem will be not solved, but it'll be tampered with Meechin. Yeah, I agree. I think AJ's walking out with this one. I think it's going to be a great match, but I think obviously with Judgment Day winning at uh, Crown Jewel, that this is going to be the time to get their win back. Next up is a singles match for the SmackDown Women's World Championship. Your champion, the baddest woman on the planet, Rowdy, Ronda Rousey, defending her title against Shotzi. I'm excited for this match. What are your thoughts? I'm so happy Shotzi's getting a, a chance in the spotlight here. I think that she's been putting a lot of work. Obviously, you gave her the tank back. She's winning over the crowd. This is going to be a great match. I think it's Ronda's all day. I think they're going to build her up to almost be like unstoppable going into Mania because I have a feeling that they're setting up for her and Charlotte. I'm actually agreeing with you. I think this will be a good match, though. I think that uh, Shotzi is going to get a good match here with Ronda. It'll, it'll, losing to Ronda is not going to hurt Shotzi. As a matter of fact, it's just going to be a feather in the cap if the, as good as the match could be. If the match is really good, it's going to really come off that Shotzi put her, busted her ass in there. And I think that's what's going to happen here. But I think, and still, 
coming out of this uh, event. And uh, yeah, I do think we set up for Charlotte at Mania because let's be honest, that's the Mania match they want. Yes. And I don't blame them. It's no, the no, biggest, it, it's a marquee. This is a marquee match. Uh, next, we got the only two other matches that are listed, and those are both the War Games. That's correct, matches. Let's start with the women's War Games. Uh, first up, we have the team of Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Meechin, and still to be determined, mm-hmm. taking on Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Nikki Cross, and they're being joined by the Judgment Days, Rhea Ripley. So let me say this first. We're going to give thoughts on the match, but when you give your thoughts on the match, not only do I want you to pick a winner and why, I also want you to give me your who you think the TBD is going to be. I'm ready for this. All uh, right, go ahead. Okay, so winner, team Bianca Belair. I think that obviously they're going to extend the feud a little bit. Um, I could see Bailey. Well, actually, no. Let me let me flip my pick because I got that wrong. Since Bianca Belair defeated Bailey at Crown Jewel, I think this is where Bailey gets the win back with her team. I think the big debut is going to cause a little confusion and maybe set up something because who I think is coming back is Becky Lynch, who I'm going to say is my leap, though, because I'll do this locks and leap style, Tegan Knox. Ah, okay, okay. Well, it's funny you say that because my, my pick, because I think it's the most logical, is Tegan Knox because I think that would be great. Her and Dakota Kai, we could have the revenge scenario. could almost be like almost like when Kevin Owens showed up as a TBD in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to say Tegan Knox is my pick for TBD, and I'm going to actually agree with you. I think the damage control team is going to win uh, by nefarious means. And I know it's weird because it's a war game, so you can do whatever the fuck you want, but it's not going to be like, you know, it's going to be like some cheap roll-up, some Pete shit. I, I think it's going to be like a collision, like whoever the mystery person is accidentally hits Bianca and knocks her out, so Bailey gets the quick pin or something in that variation. It'll be, it'll be wild. Yeah. And, of course, that brings us to the men's War Games. And, of course, we have the bloodline, Roman Reigns, the, the, you know, the tribal chief, the head of the table, the big dog, your reigning undisputed WWE Universal Champion. He's going to have his cousin, Solo Sokoa, his other two cousins, Jimmy and Jay, the Uso brothers, the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions. By the way, they're the undisputed unified WWE mm-hmm. Tag Team Champions. And, of course, the honorary Uso himself, Sami Zayn. The MVP. And they're going to take on the brawling brutes, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, Drew McIntyre, and he made it official. We were a little nervous about the injury, but I guess he's clear to go because Kevin fucking Owens is going to be on team team brawling brutes, if you will. I am super excited for him being in war games because the last time he was, he was damn near stealing the show. Well, I'm going to go out there. My, My leap is what I discussed last week. Big dog, maybe taking the night off out of nowhere. We get the return of Matt Cardona. That's a leap. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's going to happen, but it could. Uh, if not, he's going to be in the match. I, I'm going to go on a line. I'm going to say, and I think that this would be great for storyline. Team Brawling Brutes wins. More specifically, Sheamus pins either Solo Sokoa or Roman Reigns himself. I'll one up this. I think. I, I think the bloodline was going to win, but now that you paint that scenario, I'm going to just kind of say how this is all going to play up. Sheamus does pin Roman because Sami Zayn accidentally hits him with the Haluva kick. That could be something. Or, actually, I don't even think that. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to go out and interview. I don't think it's going to be Sami. I think it's going to be Jey Uso. I think Ooh. Jey Uso is going to go to kick Sami, get pissed off at Sami, go to super kick Sami. Sami's going to move. He's going to super kick Roman. He's going to eat a brogue kick. 
Somebody's going to hit Sam or Jay because he's going to be fucking in shock, and then Sheamus is going to get the win. The reason I say this, I think that it would be a good program with the banger after banger after banger that Sheamus has been having to get a WWE Undisputed World Championship shot. By the way, it would be a fresh one. Get him in there at, at Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, because as the next pay-per-view, to my knowledge, there's no day one this year. Right. So the next pay-per-view after Survivor Series will be the Royal Rumble at the end of January. So I really think that that would be, that would be my pick, personally. Yeah. See, I know I know we talked about this on ODPH, and I, I said I think the Bloodline wins, but I think they set up that seeds, and I think they're going to set up for Sheamus there. But I like your version better, so I'm going to flip it to it. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, I just think that that would be a better story. Not saying that they're going to do it. I just right. think that would be a better story. And then... I'm going to throw it out in the ether. We've talked about it a little bit before. I think at Mania, we are setting up for the Usos tag team title reign to come to an end. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But I still am pitching and hoping that instead of do the, the way you get more mileage out is you do Kevin Owens with a secret get, a secret partner. And you have El Generico as the partner. And then you could take another month or so where, where Sami Zayn is being like, I'm not El Generico. I'm Sami Zayn. We're two different people. Yeah. And you could do another month or so with that. And then finally, of course, unmasking that it's Sami Zayn. And it would be fun and funny. And it would be cool. I think it would work. Uh, I love that idea. And of course, everybody would know it's fucking Sami Zayn. But that's not the point. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, we don't see it at the same place at the same time. I, I can't. Only time, I was in the bathroom. Yeah. Because you know he can come up with original shit to keep people guessing. Yeah. I mean, crazy. I mean, you take a look at what uh, WWE with Ezekiel and, and Elias. What do you think they're going to do here? I think that that would write itself, and that'd be awesome. Yes. Well, with that being said, that is the, all the matches announced as of right now for WWE Survivor Series. We were talking about it before. WWE is in this new place where less is more, and I enjoy it, mm -hmm. where they're doing between six to eight matches at premium live events, if you will. Yeah. So they're probably going to add at least another match, and I think that they're probably going to only do six or seven in this one tops, only because the two War Games match are going to take up times. My question to you is, what do you think that they'll add or could add? We were playing, you know... It's a little guess game here. Yeah, if we do locks and leaps like this, I think since they're they've already added the U.S. title, I think they'll add Gunther, Ooh. um, to fight maybe Kofi Kingston, Ooh. or Xavier okay. Woods. I, I think because they were kind of teasing a little bit with the New Day and, and Imperium. Like I don't think we'd, we'd have a straight up tag team between them, but I think Gunther will defend the belt against maybe Kofi. You know, it would be cool if we knew if Big E was coming back. I don't know when that's going to happen, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. that would be awesome to have a six-man oh, out yeah. of nowhere because that would fucking make me pop because then we could get a program between Gunther and fucking Big E. Oh, oh my. Give me that if that could happen. Yes. Uh, I like where you're going. Uh, maybe maybe Kofi versus Gunther. Maybe you do the New Day versus the Imperium Tag Team. No match for Gunther. I would like to see him have a match, though, because I think he deserves to be on every premium live event. Also, I would throw it out there that we talked about a little earlier. I think that this uh, you could possibly have L.A. Knight versus Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt's return to the ring. Yeah. And see what we get there. That could possibly be a thing if they want to add that as well. So we'll find out if they add either of those things. I think that uh, I don't think you're going to add anything in the women's division because currently all champions are involved in matches, whether it's war games or a title match. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you add anything in the women's division because you're already shining a gigantic spotlight with the female war games match. And then, of course, the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship being on the line. Mm -hmm. And then so I really think that you're probably going to be in the men's division. So I'm saying maybe Bray and L.A. Knight, maybe if they want to pull the trigger on it, because eventually it's got to happen. Yeah. And then I would also I like your idea. I think either Kofi or Xavier for the Intercontinental title against Gunther or Imperium versus the New Day. 
Yeah. Either way, it will work. Either day, either way, I like it. Yeah. Either way, I like it. And then you could set something up there. Because if Imperium goes over, they get a shot at the Usos. Yeah. I dig. I can dig it. So with that is going to conclude our preview of WWE Survivor Series. Of course, remember, it's going down starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the kickoff show on the Peacock, cock, cock, the Peacock. And it's coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts also, just in case you forgot. All right. That's it for the main event of this show. And this is normally where we do our sign-off. But we're not going to do our sign-off. I promised you lights out. I promised you non-cryptic. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you guys a story. And I'm going to try to keep it, you know, kind of brief. Just because time, we're already at an hour and a half in the podcast. We've been trying to keep the time down for you guys. While also giving you the best content we can and calling it right down the middle. And this is coming from a place right down the middle. And the reason I wanted to do it at the end of the show and not the beginning of the show is because we pride ourselves on our integrity and calling things right down the middle. Mm -hmm. And we opened the show by giving our honest-to-God review of AEW Full Gear, which we will continue to cover our honest-to-God truths as far as All Elite Wrestling and WWE and GCW and everybody else. But if we gave this first, you might think something was tainted, and it's not. I, I didn't watch... I don't watch anything out of spite. Period. I don't give anything shitty things out of spite. This is right down the middle. But the crypticness has been coming out is there's been a little bit of an issue between 607 Podcast, 607 TWS, the two of us, and All Elite Wrestling, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we're going to tell a little story. We're going to go back in time to stuff we just kept secret. You might have heard me make the joke about the naughty list a couple times because uh, that, that's happened. So about six months ago now, maybe a little more, but it's, it's six to eight months ago, uh, without... I, I was tipped off first by somebody in in the uh, jur the, the wrestling journalism world. I won't give names because I don't want to get them in trouble. But somebody I, I do chat with who is, you know, one of the, the names, if you will, in wrestling journalism. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, man, you got heat in fucking Jacksonville. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, man, you got heat in Jacksonville. They don't like that you criticize their, their, their company. And I'm like. So, like, I'm giving honest criticism. And they were like, no, I appreciate it. Like, you're doing a good job. Like, you're being right down the fucking middle on it. Like, giving me all the credit, but they don't like it. They don't like when people criticize them. I was like, well, we figured that out. And this, of course, it was right around the same time that they were taking down AEW botches and botchamania and anybody else who, you know, they didn't agree. If you use their video or their images in a video and you were disagreeing with what they were doing, they were shooting people down. It's very well documented. Mm. At the time, I was a member of the AEW media. I was getting full packages, blah, 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 invited to scrums. I had actually graduated from the secondary scrum to the Tony Khan scrum at some point in juncture, yada, yada, yada. Uh, no, whatever. So anyways, because of my criticisms, all of a sudden I stopped being invited <laughs> and pretty much got put on the naughty list. It's not the banned list. It's not whatever. It's the naughty list. Um that's why it was weird when I did go to an AEW event. That was not at the behalf of All Elite Wrestling. That was on me. Um, I was very nice. They actually didn't shoot down the video I took of Tony Khan preaching to the to the crowd right. twice. And actually got a good note about it, which is kind of fucking hilarious in the, in the hindsight of things. Mm -hmm. It was shared by them. But... Oddly enough, you know, nothing else was good enough because I dared to say that it wasn't the greatest promotion ever and that Tony Khan wasn't the genius of wrestling and the messiah of the pro wrestling and, and all the fucking talking points that they wanted. So, meanwhile, the ODPH continued to be on the uh, AEW press list. 
the scrums, the 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 releases, and the was it Greenfly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, media packages. So they continue to be on, even though we were doing this show. Now, mind you, around the same time as when we left doing the uh, live stream to just do it recorded. Reason being is that is around the time that Raw became good again. Right. It was also around the time that Ken had uh, work pr- professional, we'll call it, issues with times to record. Now we are, for those of you know, that we've been back on Mondays for a while. We're just not doing live streams because it's just not, it, it's not going to bring more people in. Right. It's if not feasible. The you know, And we don't have another day of the week. The only other day of the week that doesn't really have wrestling is Thursdays, but that's the night we go to see movies. And that was really the reason why we had moved it from Thursdays a long time ago. The only other thing we could really truly do would be to move the stream to Sunday nights. And with your job change, that's not always feasible. Some mm-hmm. weeks it would be, some weeks it wouldn't, and we're about consistency. So right. it's just better off the way we have it right now. So that answers the question. So no, it didn't have anything to do with AEW, why we're not on live stream. Because mm-hmm. it's not like I was using, I was giving them their photo credits and I didn't use anything above and beyond. So it is what it is. But around that time was the same stuff. So going there forward, Ken was still on the press, still doing all the press stuff. By the way, going above and beyond as a good journalist should. Thank you. Uh, re, re, uh, retweeting the stuff that they told you to retweet, uh, putting out the pictures, doing the blog, everything you could ask for for the last six months. About uh, two months ago, the packages started getting sent fucking late, infrequent. That's why, if you notice, there was times where Ken would say, and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm doing all the bad guy stuff here, by the way, uh, for a reason. Uh, so he got would start saying that, oh, you might get a blog, you might not. And the reason why was because they weren't sending them in a timely fashion. Now, we found out from other outlets that they just weren't sending them in a timely fashion. At first, we thought it was a shot. Then about two weeks ago, give or take, about maybe a little days. more, 10 days, they stopped. And there was an email <laughs> that, was, that was sent to Ken. So uh, while I draw up the email, which I do believe you sent to our chat, uh, I'm just going to say there was an email sent from the AEW people. Now, mind you, AEW has gone through uh, about about around the time that everything happened with me. A new group had just taken over a couple months previous to that. Uh, correct? Because they originally had a different PR team. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because everything got switched over to the different service. Yeah, that was that was around the time that I that I got put on the naughty boy list, as I like to call it, because I was critical of the product. So anyways, so it wasn't like there was a new change of guard and whatever. So Ken has been doing his thing. And I'm sure if you have been following ODPH podcast on every single social platform that exists to man, and even ones that I'm not even on, uh, (laughs) I I would presume that you have seen Ken post amazing things like, uh, like, hey, it's Dynamite. Who's excited? Hey, it's, you know, time for Rampage. Who's excited? You know, here's the blogs count anywhere featuring a whole fucking section on All Elite Wrestling. So, obviously, he was doing the due diligence, using the pictures for them, using the stories for them. So, he was doing everything he was supposed to do. The only thing that changed is right about a week before this happened, I was talking about a story on this show, if you remember, about Joey Janela and the fight between GCW and AEW, and Joey Janela doing the uh, mock W or mock AEW post for WWE, 
and then explained, just explained, mind you, didn't say, didn't whatever. I just happened to explain that this is what they, uh, that if you're in the know, that Greenfly sends fucking, not only the pictures, but they send a... Well, it's a service. It's the service. It's the service. Yeah. Right, right. But they send a sample of what you should post. At one point, they sent it where you should just cut, copy and paste it, and then they changed it to the things that you should hit up. <laughs> uh, I know that Ken would change it a little bit. I do know that, but other people just copied and pasted it. True story. That was the shot that Joey Janela took. So all I did was explain what Joey Janela was doing. And about a week later from that, uh, Ken got after after he didn't get his package. He then emailed them. Very unprofessional of them, by the way, about I think you emailed them like 10 times. Could no, be wrong. No, no, because because originally when I didn't get it, um, I couldn't get, get access to the site. So I, I contacted the people around it and they said, no, you had to contact them. And I did shoot him an email saying, hey, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, just let me know what's, what happened because I can't access. And two days later, they responded. By the way, a Sunday, because I remember it was a Sunday because he sent it. I can also see on the timeline when you sent it to me. It says, hi, Ken, colon. We appreciate your inquiry. Your green fly access has been removed due to media affiliation and or improper use of the platform. If you think this was a mistake, please provide the following for further review. Media outlet you are affiliated with, senior editor slash manager contact information, and uh, three examples of work that have included downloaded images from Greenfly. By the way, no problems. Sent those all back to them. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that wasn't the issue. It wasn't the issue of using it improperly. It's the other word. You have been removed due to media affiliation. So I'm on the naughty boy list. I made a comment and a shot at what they do, and they yanked your fucking access. Yeah. So I I apologize. I laughed, but I apologize. And the reason why I laughed, but I apologize to you because I know in the world, as you pointed out earlier, in the world of Animal House, as the Blutos, myself and the 3FN podcast do not give a fuck about any access to anything. I've very been very clear in numerous times that I don't really need access to screeners. I don't really need access to stuff because I feel like when people give you access, they want something in return. They want favor in return. And time and time again, I see people, and this is not a shot at anybody, so please don't take it as such. I see people reviewing shit that they have no business fucking reviewing. Mm. I see people shilling for things that they don't need to show because they want the access. By the way, that's not the ODPH. I will stand by, and I can tell you this fucking 120 fucking percent. I've seen Ken choose not to cover some pretty big comic books from some pretty big companies because he thought they were shite. <laughs> yeah. That's no, that would And that's a true. fucking shoot. I don't know if he wants that out there, but I'll shoot on it. it. It didn't come from his mouth. So technically speaking, nothing unprofessional, only for me. But that should tell you that he sticks to his guns about not doing things that are bad. But I know other people, no names mm-hmm. and no judgments. Because trust me, if that's your basis, baby, do you? Yeah, exactly. I ain't never knocking anybody's hustle. But for me, as you know, I'm a little bit crude. I swear too fucking much and I don't care. So I'm going to give you my honest to God opinion down the middle. That's why this is the re- only wrestling podcast that gives you the opinion down the middle because I have no other way to do it. The same way as if you tune into 3FN podcast where we do movie reviews, we always give you our honest to God opinion. If you disagree with us, that is absolutely fine. I respect everybody's vision on art. I mean, I will argue to anybody that the Eternals suck and that fucking Halloween ends is atrocious. And there's a couple other ones out there that if you like them, I don't know. I might not read your reviews anymore. I'm just saying. But I still respect your opinion, right? <laughs> you know, and just you respect mine because I'm always going to give you an opinion. I, I, I personally know I wrote a note to our good friend Stu because I have sent him some stickers 
and one of the things I said to him was in the note, and so it's kind of spoiling his note a little bit, uh, is that, you know what? I love listening to your reviews. We don't agree a lot on a lot of things. However, your viewpoints are very well spoken. So I understand where he's coming from and why he chooses, why he doesn't like something. So I enjoy that. So I, it's not like you have to agree with me for me to like you. But let's go back to why this is important. So basically, they took off the ODPH and Ken from their media list. Now, mind you, they still sent him a scrum thing and they still sent him a fucking press release, but two press, two press releases. Sorry, but they've taken him off mostly and put him on the naughty list because of media affiliation. And we just know that's me. And on one hand, I'm very sorry because I don't ever want to cost my friends access to anything or cost them anything. However, on the other end, how fucking insecure little dick energy do you have to have Tony Khan how much insecure fucking tiny fucking micro peen are you fucking packing you fucking cocksucker like quite honestly how much how much there's some fat nobody like me in New York has gotten under your fucking skin Come on, you just made my day, you fucking piece of shit. You made my fucking day. And guess what? I'm not going to run your shit into the ground just because you said something. No, 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 no. That goes against my values and my morals. No, 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 no. No, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep watching. I hope you put on the best product fucking possible. But when you don't, it's going to be right down the middle because you know what hurts more is the fucking truth. That's why you let these fucking pieces of garbage like JD from NY and fucking all these other piece of garbage fucking people that you let in your media scrums like Nick Houseman who caused all your fucking problems who haven't said an honest to God fucking thing ever. Not to mention the one is a racist homophobic piece of garbage. And, and, and when he calls people out, it's funny. There's only so many times people can keep putting the same clips up, you fucking moron. Only so many. I'm glad you make money because there's a lot of fucking piece of shit Chris Hemrick fans out there. I'm sure you take that same fucking stance that he did, don't you, you piece of shit? And if you want, you know what? You're too much of a pussy for me to waste time on you. So we're not going to even continue on that piece of garbage from NY. I'm also from NY, but I'm a real man, not a little bitch. So let's, let's turn this on to this. You keep those people around who are pieces of garbage because they kiss your ass just enough. They give you a little heart on it, a little tingle in your little penis. Man, dude, take your small dick energy elsewhere. You know what you should be worried about? You should be worried about the day that fucking CM Punk shows up in a fucking Monday Night Raw ring and sits fucking cross-legged Indian style in the fucking ring. That's what you should worry about. Or if he doesn't do that, the day he goes on the broken skull sessions and he fucking rips apart your fucking company. That's what you should be worried mm -hmm. about. Cause all your little shots, you think the King of Petty ain't coming for you. Come on guy. Come on. Are you fucking joking? Do you really believe that he's that good of a friend of yours that you like that you shit all over him because your other friends fucking were pissed off that you don't think it's coming. That's what you need to worry about. You know what else you need to worry about? The fact that Triple H, although your people try to tune it, the numbers don't lie. Well, your numbers keep going south for tickets and for ratings, which I don't care about ratings as much, but them ticket sales. You're in a 9,000 seat venue for Dynamite and you didn't clear 3K, 2,995, and that's from wrestling ticks? Come on, man. They're not lying. You know how we know your ticket sales are down? Because even fucking Uncle Dave doesn't defend it anymore and talks openly about how the ticket sales are in the toilet. Come on, dude. Come on, my guy. That's what you should worry about. And you can't say that wrestling is down because uh, we just got announced today that the Royal Rumble 
has got the largest gate for the event at five yeah, million dollars. Oh man, we had a million dollar gate again at at, at, at full gear. That's four. That's four pay per views at a million dollar gate plus Grand Slam. We're so cool. You know what that is? That's five events at a million dollar gate. That's five million dollars, right? Yep. They did it in one fucking event. Now you got to imagine how much WrestleMania makes when they've already sold, and we know this for a fact, 165,000 tickets for the two days, and they're opening up 10,000 more tickets for each day to do sellouts. Come on, dude. They're looking. What was it I just heard? They're looking at Ford Field for SummerSlam? I believe so. That's the rumor right now? Next year, it's fucking uh, Philly two days. In 2024? Yeah, and then Nashville, if they get a... If they get the roof? Yep, to get the roof on. So, come on, Tony. What are you... That's what you have to worry about. Their ticket sales aren't going down. They're going up. Yours are going down, which means that wrestling is not down. I can turn on Fight Plus or IWTV and watch indie shows where, yeah, I know indie shows don't have 10,000 people, but when I see packed small venues, that means wrestling's up, brother. It's not down. Mm-hmm. You're down. Part of the reason is because you booted CM Punk and there's a fucking angry fan base. And the second part of the reason is your little dick energy. And shit like this fucking pisses me off. So no, I don't need to do fucking business with you, Tony Khan. And I've never said anything disparaging about your company other than the fact that certain wrestlers aren't up to snuff and that you don't tell good stories. And I just point out when it's not entertaining to me. That doesn't mean I've ever attacked you. You know, it's not like I caused an internet buzz about a match with Marina Shafir and Jade Cargill and still got invited to a scrum. Wonder why. Is it really worth that person's, what is it, 10,000 followers? Or whatever it is on his little stupid fucking channel to deal with somebody that everybody hates. Is it really worth that? You know what? His fellow his fellow journalists don't even like him. But it's worth it. But that's that's okay. But when I come to the table and just criticize you from my smaller fucking platform, you get little dick energy about it. Come on, dude. By the way, thank you for making my year. Thank you for not only not being the promoter of the year, you're the shittiest promoter. I, you, dude, you make Ian Rotten look fucking great. I've forgotten more about the wrestling business than you'll ever fucking learn, kid. And we're the same fucking age. I just wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Ken, you had anything to add on the professional side of things? No, I mean, I, I well, I appreciate your honesty, and that's why I come here and do the show with you, because I'd rather you be honest 100% about your opinions than sit here and fake it to for clicks or whatever else you would fake it for. I mean, I don't, like I say, if you want to blame me for my media affiliation, that's fine. I don't really care. And if I'm not renewed for it, I don't give a shit, to be honest with you. Because if this is kind of the runaround that's going on, I just don't need it. So I'm good doing my own thing. And I know I didn't do anything wrong because we come on this show every week and we give honest opinions. And that's all we've ever done, being fans. And... The situation is what it is, and I'm not losing any sleep over it. So we still are on the outside, and you know what? That's all right with me. I'm good with it. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm good with it. But, yeah, so fuck you. (laughs) In a roundabout way, fuck you. Uh, I hope Pad's happy about me burning the world down. I don't give a fuck about, once again, I don't care about any affiliations. I know he does, and that makes me feel bad. However... At the end of the day, if that's if that's something that somebody who is a billionaire cares about my stupid fucking opinion, 
albeit honest, but you know, obviously you cared enough about it because you've changed some shit that I'm pretty sure you've heard here. And I do have quite a bit of IP addresses that have been pulled up by Ken that know that there is quite a few people in the Jacksonville area that listen to this show. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. So once again, like I said earlier, is it is it memory or Memorex? Is it great minds think alike, which you don't have a great mind? I'm pretty sure you don't have a mind. Uh, I've seen how you run a football team in both England and in fucking uh, Jacksonville. Not good. And I've seen how you run a wrestling company. Not good. You have a lot of ass kissers out there. But you want to know the funny part about the internet and the ass kissers you have? You have a solid core fan base. It's a really fucking rabid fan base. And it's good. But the people you choose to listen to are people who don't even watch your program. They're the trolls of the world that just want to see WWE burn. And they're not even tuned in to you. Because you know what proves it? How do you have a change of opinion just be based on three letters? You can't. You can't say that something that's done on one channel is bad, and when the same thing is done on the other channel, it's good. It doesn't work that way. But that's who you listen to. You're not listening to your fan base who wants to see FTR on their TVs. You're not listening to your fan base who wants to see more women's wrestling. Hmm? Answers for that? Didn't think there was. So you keep doing your thing. And one day, I'm going to cover you like we cover Impact infrequently because you'll be on some shit network pushed down the thing. But then again, maybe not because David Zaslov, the head of Warner Brothers, is just as fucking dumb as you are. And you know what? It's going to be really cool when a company that should have been too big to fail fails, which it's doing right now because they're hemorrhaging more money than they wasted on buying the damn company. So you might not even have to worry about you getting canceled. They might just get taken off the air themselves, which if you don't believe that can happen, just look at how bad their stock is down. <laughs> Oh, always bet on the winners. Never bet on the losers. Unless it's a ga- real gambling. Then you bet on the, the underdog just so you can win money. Of course. But bet, bet a reasonable amount of money. We're all about reasonable betting here at 607 Podcast. Don't bet the house. If not, there's a gambler's number that you should call. Uh, I think I'm done. I think I'm tired. I got to edit some shows. I've given enough energy to Tony Khan. Not going to mention again. We're still going to cover it. And if it's good, I'm not going to not say it's good. Because once again, I'm not compromising myself just because you have little dick energy, bro. Okay. Ken M. In closing, tell the fine folks where to find the ODPH podcast. Very simple. You can find the ODPH podcast at odphpodcast.com where, you know, we're on the socials. We're on the Public, We're on the Patreon. We have blogs. Maybe we'll be doing a blogs count anywhere this week. I don't know. I got to see if I got time. Um, I know that we are not going to be covering AEW till further notice. So on the ODPH, that is. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, we've already kind of, we said that on the show tonight. Well, so. Padawan J doesn't watch it. Yep. And uh, you are no longer pressed. So there's no reason to, for you to cover something they don't watch. We uh, we watch all pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's what we do here. So we will continue to cover it the oh, same as I have. Because yeah. I think it's funny because now that you've taken that, what can you take? Yeah. Can't take me off. I don't violate any of your copyright infringements. Mm. I don't violate anything that you can make for. And you can't you can't talk shit because I called you little dicked. Then you'd have to go to actually we'd have to go to discovery in court if you tried to and prove you don't have a little dick. Do you really want to do that? I don't think so. So and that's not even slander. That's just shit talk. It's covered under free speech. It's 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 a real thing, Tony. For all things uh, for all things 3FN podcast, go to 3FN npodcast.com you can get it all there if you want to really come and white knight AEW that's fine but I have never had that situation so it's not an AEW situation it's a Tony Khan and his press release people has nothing to do with the wrestling I'm sure the wrestlers have nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact I know some of them very well 
if, if we're really going to ask questions, TK, where's where's Adam Cole? Where's the medical report? Yeah, Does, do you want to talk about that one? Did do you want to talk about that one or shoo it away like you did when somebody was brave enough in that scrum? I wonder if that person will be back because they asked about something they didn't ask it directly though. Huh? Yeah, you want to answer? I don't know. We're waiting for it. I had a lot of questions that you never answered. So, you know, and I don't think I'm going to get them. Errol Hawani didn't get them either. And remember when your people went after him, they took L's, bro. <laughs> they took L's. You guys went after the big dog. Let me tell you what, I can cut a promo just like Ariel Hawani. I can cut a better promo. Although I love Ariel Hawani and I'll defend that motherfucker too. Yeah, he's great. He's the best. But guess what? You 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 threw you you thought you were gonna have your fucking minions go after him, it's gonna bother him. He made fun of him so hard they left him the fuck alone. Told him all to get out of their mom's basements. That's exactly what he said too. Good shit. Such good shit, pal. Anyways. That's going to do it for this week's 607 TWS. Next week, we'll be back in our cool, calm, collected selves. There's no more crypticness. There's nope. no more need to fucking rattle on anything else. I got. I said what I had to say. I burnt the bridge because I don't give a fuck about the bridge. I'll nuke that motherfucker, and I can't wait to hear CM Punk do the same. Listen, I never in my life thought that I was going to be ready for another whining session from Phil Brooks, but... I'm going to wait on bated breath because guess what, man? It's going to come one day. I hate to tell you guys. If you think that he's not the king of petty is going to keep his mouth shut, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Whether he can make an agreement with Triple H so they can let bygones be bygones for some money, at the very least, he's showing up at that broken uh, skull session. Oh, yeah. The very least. Most downloaded wrestling podcast ever. Guess what's going to happen? That it's going to be. be. And not only that, he's going to say some shiznits. And that'll be right on the peacock, cock, cock, the peacock. For all posterity. <sighs> I didn't even get into how it's dumb that they booked a Ring of Honor pay-per-view the same day as an NXT pay-per-view. And you're going to charge $40 for a Ring of Honor pay-per-view when you get to pay $4.99 for fucking peacock. That's smart. <laughs> smart business down there in Jacksonville, guy. You got to admit that. Even if you love AEW, you got to admit the guy's a moron. I, I, I don't know any other way around it. You can't look at the Jacksonville Jaguars and tell me he's a fucking genius. Remember when he got in a public fight with one of his players about a release? Oh, yeah, I remember that on Twitter. Um, like He went the, to the Raiders for a little yeah. bit. And uh, also, I, I just want to point out, he also said he had a little dick injury. So I have a good authority. <laughs> I'm sure if I message him up, he's got some more to say about Tony Khan, too. All right. That's enough about Tony. That's that's as much that's as much stuff as Tony's gotten. Ah, sad days. Sad fucking days for Tony Khan. But we're going to end the show as we always do with uh, One Winged Angel by our good friend Second Suitor. Check them out and support them. We'll be back next week to talk all things pro wrestling, including the review of WWE Survivor Series, review of AIW's uh, Hell on Earth, and so much more. Tune in next week for the next installment of 607 TWS. But until then, for me and Ken Am, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. Make sure that you reach out to somebody if you have problems in your life, especially with the things going on right now. Remember, there is a hotline, 988. You can mm-hmm. also text that if you do not feel comfortable calling. But you know what? It's better than the opposite. We all just want to make sure everybody's taken care of, especially in these times and all the fucking shit that's been going on. That's way more serious than me making fun of somebody's tiny dick. It's way more serious than us talking about pro wrestling, even positive or negatively. Yeah. So I just want to make sure everybody knows that. So take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, wrestling fans!
fuck Tony Khan. If you take my hand, we could order Chinese food, get high, and then watch New Japan. Rainmaker, my heart so damn hard I can no longer stand in this room I'm starting to swoon The walls made of neon But I can't stop looking at you Looking at you And I've got a To shatter the hourglass emptying all of the sand This moment is infinite dancing along with the band Will you sing with only one wing The angel I've looked for and she can't stop looking Top ropes, one, two, three. 